I, uh, I admire the fact that you also like made a post on Facebook. I didn't for... make a post. I, I copy and pasted your post, and I was trying to put it on my timeline. Well, you you uh, <laughs> and then it, it it came up as the podcast. Page. I know. So <laughs> Justin was like, Justin was like, did you know that you like resubmitted? Or he goes, did you mean to make a post on the on the Nia crew? Or something like maybe like you guys posted again. I was like, oh, that must be Kyle. Like he just sent out a post. He goes, <laughs> no, it looks like you did. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, fuck. So yeah. I mean, it's because I could tell from the writing that oh, Mac made this. <laughs> the, dude, the freaking uh, my my personal with the admin access on Neon Crew. Like I can't take something you post and post it on my timeline. Oh yeah. Like I have to grab it. I've done it before, but yeah, I it has to like come up on your news thing yes. for you to share because it it's happened to me before. Yeah. For some reason, when I try to share a post that I make on Neon Crew, it. If I go to the page itself and try to share it from there, it yep. will just post it to the wall of the Neon Crew page. That's what happened with that one. And uh, I have to like wait for it to naturally pop up on the news feed. Otherwise, it doesn't it doesn't uh, go go through how I would like to. It's it is funny though because you you did do that and like a few of my friends did like put their answers in, dude. So, so it did help. Justin was like, <laughs> uh, Justin, <laughs> we were talking about. It, I was like, fuck, man, because I hate when that. You know that happens. Uh huh. He goes. Actually, looks like you guys got some more comments. <laughs> we did. We actually did. <laughs> I was like, well, whatever works. You exit, know. Exit, failing successfully. Yeah. <laughs> Although so we it really get, wasn't that much of a fail, though. But no, you I, mean, know what I mean, it was good. I mean, you know, I know, I know. Well, I wish it would have made it to my timeline so that way I could see. You know, more people could see and be like, oh, let's check this out. But mm. whatever. I mean, it works. So. Um. Excuse me. I'm gonna be a little bit burpy. Um. Are we rolling into it, or did are we just gonna? Um, I'll do an intro, I guess. Uh, about I'll, I'll keep some of this stuff in. I was about to say it's good content. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Now you guys know that we're baffling idiots with Facebook. Just yeah. <laughs> we don't know technology. We're kind of boomers. <laughs> Even though I think we're both technically millennials. Uh, um, yeah. Despite my friends give me shit gap. about that. Yeah. <laughs> I just. I just. I just did a thing. I said I. I was using uh, vibing in a word. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Did uh, you get that from Gideon? Vibing? Yeah, because he uses it all the time. Really? Mm-hmm. No. I, uh, I've i heard other people say it. I've seen it like on Instagram, so I was like, oh, I'm going to drop this. Like, this is like, I like that. Like, it's me, you know, energy in this. So I said that, and then I kind of got shit back on it, and it made it sound like I was trying to be like, like a weird old guy. Like, hey, let me see your tits. You know, like, let's vibe, and then you pull those out, and I'm like... <laughs> I was like, man, this is, did I, and I'm like, now I'm like, did I even use this word right? <laughs> like, that's how fucking like back I am. Did I use this word on fleek correctly? Yeah. <laughs> Weird flex, bro. Yeah. <laughs> we, we just, we just do nothing but say like millennial and zoomer idioms to oh each other. Oh my God. That, yeah. Once we should get to like, yeah. that's a, that's what sucks about Dude, it. Dude, when our merch drops, it's going to be sheesh. <laughs> That's as far as I go. I don't know any other ones. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the official intro. Oh, I guess. okay. Yeah, yeah. Drop it like it's hot. Mm-hmm. Welcome everybody to the 11th episode of the Neon Crew podcast. My name is Kai L. And your boy's back. It's McLean. Back from the dead. Guess who's back? Back again. Guess who's back? Mac is back. Mac is back. Mac, Mac is, is back. back. Mac is back. Mac is back. Do do do. So you're not dead. Hallelujah. No. Well, neither are you. Neither neither am I. So uh, I guess I can say this now. I was the one who had 
the uh, the COVID nineteen. I tested positive. Uh, yeah. Pretty much uh, that week that I recorded, um, and I recorded a little bit later in the week because I did just I didn't know what the situation was going to be, and I yep. uh, was feeling a little under the weather when I woke up Friday. So I was like, well, I should get tested. Got an at home test. Took that. That came back positive like instantly. Really. Even, even though it like tells you oh wait 15 minutes for your results and uh you'll find out and i did not need 15 minutes it took like literally a second really i I saw like the water and the color like go up into like the little cloth that has like the strip oh yeah if it shows up you're positive and it showed up immediately oh yeah it was like didn't even take it took a a second yeah it was much faster than like any pregnancy test i've ever taken which Like yeah. the Russian army myself. invading Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah, that came back positive. So then I went to an urgent care facility um, just to get. A, a, I thought you were supposed to stay inside. You know, I just wanted a, a second opinion. You oh, know? right, right, right. Because you never know how accurate those like take home tests are. Um, you were technically like a biological weapon. I, you know, some risks you have to take to uh, get a second opinion. <laughs> Because I just I wanted to make sure that it actually was COVID's, and right. not just like some cold that for some reason was coming up positive on this take home test. So I went to the urgent care thing, you know, an official facility with safety measures and all that. Yeah. And um, they had me wait there for like an hour because they were just going to tell me the results right there. Yeah, no, they had to put on their fucking bio biohazmat suits. Mm-hmm. Come on, you have what now? Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. The Ebola. <laughs> um. So they had me wait there. They came into the room finally, told me that I was indeed positive. So I was like, sheesh, I better go home. Uh, you just did that millennial thing. I, well, first of all, it's more of a Zoomer thing. Oh, really? Yeah. What's a Zoomer? A Zoomer is anybody that's born after 1997, I think. Mm. 1997 to like 2000-something oh or another. I don't know if... I don't think kids being born now would be considered Zoomers, um, but yeah, basically anyone who's under the age of like twenty-one. Yeah. Um. So there's a there's a difference there's cool. a difference there right. in the in the styles and the you know idioms. It's crazy how they went generationally. Like every thirty years, someone got a new generational tag, and now it's every three years. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's just it seems like it's getting wow. shorter. Yeah. Like um. Boomers are from like, of course, 1945 to like 1965 or something. Something So that's like a 20 year thing. Yeah. It's two whole decades. Whereas like millennials and Zoomers are just pretty shortened. They're fucking like, as far as like the window of where they belong. Yeah. I was about to say millennials. I'm technically a millennial. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I was born in 90. Yeah, no, you're technically a millennial, right? There, there are plenty of millennials in their 30s and like almost their 40s, which is kind of daunting to think about. Yeah. Um, but I'm also technically a millennial, even though I missed the mark by like three years off of being a Zoomer. Which I mean, you know, could you imagine? Could yeah, I'd be. Uh, I'd, God, I'd have that like uh, Tim Allen haircut with like the middle part, you know, the Jonathan Taylor Thomas thing going on. Really, I'd, that's coming back. Yeah, Zoomers love it. They love the like middle part going on. The really? like guys do. That's insane. Either that or it's like the foofy like mop head that a lot of TikTok stars have. Um huh. I don't know if you've been on the TikTok, uh, but a lot of the guy I can tell you who she is. A, <laughs> a lot of the guy stars on there have that like mop head style. And it it doesn't it doesn't really appeal to me. I don't know. But 
<laughs> I'm also straight, so. <laughs> mm. But uh, yeah, no, so I tested positive, went back home. I was like, well, can't really do the podcast with another person because I don't want to don't want to risk contaminating them. So right. I was like, I got to make a decision. And I just said, you know what? I'm just going to do the solo episode, see how that goes, try to make it to two hours, and then hope that it doesn't sound either boring or monotonous or just incoherent in any way. And uh, I think I did an okay job. Yeah. I was about to say, man, you did. A, I, I mean, I listened to it. I mean, it kept me going, <laughs> you know, I was also like chiming, like in my head, like chiming in on stuff too, where I, you know, like all oh, this, that or whatever. So mm-hmm. no, nah, I mean, it's kind of, you know, you, they, you got put in there to make like a freaking bunk cake and you're like, I don't even have a recipe. Yeah. You know, well, I actually have a little bit of a recipe. I have a recipe. I just am understaffed. Yeah. And you probably like, I've never made a bunk cake. Mm-hmm. I'm actually more thinking Special of like, order. A, you're a marathon runner. All right. I'm going to switch up the analogy. Marathon runner. Okay. I like the cakes better. And you had to, okay, back to making a cake. <laughs> You're running to make a cake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm running for president to make a cake. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, but now I'm all better. I'm all healthy. I get to go, I get to go back to work tomorrow. Oh, what a privilege. I know, right? Lucky me. Did you beg them? Like, let me back in. Like, pound on, no. Pound on the door. <laughs> No, Sam. There's no. Let me back in. Yeah, Mr. Club, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, uh, I, it, it's weird how fast things go. Like how fast time flies by when you just don't work and have like nothing to do. You're, really, you're enjoying yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird how how fast time flies when you're having fun, yeah. as that idiom goes. But um. It, it's you know it's not like I didn't have anything to do obviously I had the podcast episode and then I've been working on this uh, project this video project of like going over all the movies I saw last year that's taken me quite a bit to work on but um, it's been a lot of fun been reading a little bit more of course watching more movies, movies. yeah of course um, I watched uh, tick tick boom with Andrew Garfield mm-hmm. I watched both the raid movies. Uh, yeah, Gareth Evans. Which, yeah. by the way, speaking of, don't watch Apostle. Okay, <laughs> you were telling me you were telling me about Apostle earlier um, through text. I was. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Oh, that's no. what I was saying. Oh, it's okay. it's kind of like The Ring, except I know it won't come back to kill me. Mm. Yeah. Excuse me. I had to take a sipperoni. Um, so stay away from that one. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, and what else did I watch? I watched this movie yesterday called Mass. M A S S. Yes. It is a very simple drama movie, um, very simple premise. It's four people in a room, and mm-hmm. they have to discuss something that's really kind of heart-wrenching and sensitive, and it's just that for like an hour and a half. Sounds like a lot. Really, uh, really compelling, just carried by like the performances and the dialogue that's written really, like some of the best acting I've seen. Um, it's got the... Um, have you seen Hereditary? Of course. Um, you know the character of Anne. She's like the one that introduces Tony Collette's character to like the supernatural stuff, like that middle-aged woman kind of kind of. <laughs> um she's in that movie. She's one of the stars and also Jason Isaacs is in it as well. Um if I showed you a picture of him, you'd know who I'm talking about. I know that's about. why that's why I'm trying to I know the name it's double A. Yeah. Yeah. Um but no, they're that movie's really good. I highly recommend it. Mass. Uh, yeah. Mm. 
But uh, anyway, we've got some stuff to talk about, delve into. Um, Let's do it. Figured we could go into uh, the thing real quick just to kind of discuss that. So, real um, quick, man, dude, you're talking. Excuse me. Well, <clears throat> like always, we'll say we won't talk about it that long. And, and we'll then we'll talk about it for like an hour and 15 minutes. We'll look back and see that we're already past our mark of the second movie that we were allotted. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We've got three to cover today, so we'll we, uh, be good. We promise. We, yeah, we promise. Me. Pinky swear. Yeah. Just trust that I'm holding my pinky out uh, to you, audience members. And do it if you're listening. Wherever you're at, hold yours up to the sky mm-hmm. and gently tuck it in. Even if you're at the supermarket listening to us through your earbuds or your, your um, what are those called? The wireless AirPods. ones? AirPods. Yeah. Did I really just ask what AirPods Zoomer. were called? <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> is that right <laughs> yeah no that's that's perfect um, so we're talking nice. about we're talking about john carpenter's the thing and i guess i can kind of uh give a quick summary uh spoilers for the movie too we're going to talk about it in depth oh yeah i mean here on out well so spider-man i guess are we doing so spider-man matrix we're doing spoilers we're doing spoilers for those okay two, yeah. so hey listen guys if you haven't seen it like we always say uh shut the fuck up don't tell me <laughs> all right no seriously don't listen go see it and then come back and listen and if you haven't i am i i'm technically a millennial mm-hmm. right yes technically. technically i consider myself a boomer all right i, don't <laughs> I, I really wish there's like an in-between kind of the transition into a oh really yeah there's generation x that's me okay all right i'm taking that chris hughes okay <laughs> i told him about that and he said that's not a real thing uh so, anyways, all right, go see Spider Man for the love of Christ. Yes, and it Matrix and then the Matrix is also yeah, there. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like extra credit. Um, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not well, something you're looking forward to doing. But we'll get into it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there you go. All right, cool. So the thing is a story about it's like a kind of like a sci-fi sort of monster movie um, horror film, and. Uh, it's about uh, these guys who are scientists. They're like researchers in the Arctic who are uh, isolated pretty much from everybody else, and they can't really get a hold of anybody else through the radio. And uh, they have to deal with this sort of alien uh, life force, life force that in- entrenches on their uh, their way of work and. Um, the movie just goes along and you kind of follow these characters and they get picked off one by one sort of alien Ridley Scott style. And uh, that's pretty much uh, the gist of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's movie like it takes place in a day and it's I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say limited storytelling, but it's definitely it's definitely a bottle movie, I would say bottle. Yeah. Like it, it's it takes place in like one specific yeah, area yeah, yeah, for yeah. like one day. Yes, um, I love that way of saying it. Yeah, definitely mm, a bottom movie. Mm, um, yeah, so I recommended this film because the only other John Carpenter movie I saw was uh, Escape from New York, which I enjoyed for the most part. Um, there are some things that I had a little bit of gripes with, but uh, nothing too crazy to make me hate the movie. And I saw this one, and I was very impressed with the seemed like higher production value with this movie. Oh my god, movie. I was just saying that on the way over I was trying to go through like cliff notes. Yes. Despite the fact that those two movies are like only a year apart, I think, with the release dates. Um, because I think Escape from New York came out 81, this one came out 82. And 
it just seems like this movie and there of, of course are like some instances where like okay i can tell that that's like a prop or like a special effect or whatever right. it's kind of like a product of the time but still it amazed me how more it seemed like there was much more money with this movie than there was for escape from new york and i don't know if it's because uh like they just had a bigger budget or if you know, John Carpenter was like really putting his all in this specific film. Like this was the one he was banking on. I'm not. I'd have to go back and look. I mean, he's got like his line of work is very extensive. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I don't know what movie kicked him off. Like, I think he directed Halloween. Yes. So he did. I think that kind of got him. That was a big hit for being such a low budget film. I think that's what kind of got his career going. Okay. Um, this one, and I wanted to watch it. There's actually uh, a movie that predates this one oh, called yeah. The Thing. Um, so you know when they go to the UFO. So this this movie is a remake of another movie. I I don't know if I want to call it a remake, but it's. Um, or are you talking about the one that came out in 2011? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> there was just I, making sure. I believe a movie called The Thing or something thereabouts that came out in the fifties. Okay. My dad I remember my dad was gonna have me watch it on AMC and me and my brother were like, you know, ten thirty at night, whatever, like a freaking late night showing and he's like, Now guys, you're gonna wanna check this out. And it was like the original. You know when they go to the UFO sighting mm-hmm. and they go and check all that that's yeah. from the original one, I believe. That's that's um, okay. So I think what this one is, I don't I don't know if you call it a remake. I mean, what do you? It's like a kind of a spiritual successor, almost. Yeah, it's like a sequel, but it's not really. I yeah. I'm hoping I'm not I'm not mixing up things here because I'm I'm fairly certain that, and this is where I can hear someone saying you should have did some research. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> shout out. Yeah, fuck wad. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so, and if not, I kind of like living in this like weird zone of not knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm pretty sure there's a movie that came out in the 50s. So this is like, I would say kind of like a sequel, but the, it's not really, it's loosely based. Like they just take like the element, you know, of that alien that's, you know. Kind of more so an inspiration from that source than yeah. an actual like and continuation. Tie, yeah, I mean, it'd be like, I don't even know, like, you know, I don't even know how to, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Escape from New York had a budget of $6 million. Mm-hmm. The Thing had a budget of $15 million, which I imagine at the time in the 80s is a pretty big leap from uh, the production value of the first movie to the second movie. Uh, yeah. And I, I can definitely tell that uh, this one, there it seems like there's a lot more like love and care and tightness within like the the way that the movie uses the story and the special effects and the different scenarios that the characters are in. It just feels a lot tighter and more cohesive to me than something like Escape from New York. I, that's what I'm saying. I honestly wouldn't be shocked if John if um, John Carpenter had like some like watched that movie in the 50s mm-hmm. and had his own kind of mind spawn. Like that'd be even cooler if, and then actually have the money to do that. Yeah, you know for sure. Uh, I guess um, I guess I'll say what I what I thought of this movie overall. I thought it was good. I really enjoy this movie. Don't bury the lead, Kyle. Listen, I gotta, I gotta get it out there. I gotta get my feelings into the public. Uh, this is uh, one of the more like creepy, atmospheric movies that I've seen in a while, and um, 
I really kind of also a sucker for that, like like we said before, that bottle movie mm-hmm. type story where it just takes place in a day. It's in one location. They don't stray like too far from being like, you know, it, it doesn't get too convoluted or no. like out there in any way. It's just it's a simple story of them dealing with this alien freak monster kind of thing that is able to like <laughs> take over somebody's body and like impersonate them in a way. And yeah, uh, I mean, it, it just clones their genes and f- overtakes them. Yeah, and tries their tries its best to like mimic their like personality and their behavior and stuff, like just human behavior. It's a, yeah. And so a big element of the movie is not just them dealing with this alien, but also the distrust that sort of uh, manifests from something like this that can do that sort of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it goes from it's you know um, you're dealing with a obviously a supernatural life form right mm. and it, and oh that 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 can't happen you know then you kind of see it and you're like well okay maybe this is something that's a little bit you know it's getting serious and then all of a sudden it turns into who the fuck are you who the fuck are you <laughs> you know i mean it really it's but you could see that's how it would kind of probably progress with a group of people oh yeah it's all group think so if one person's the outlier you consider them crazy mm. and then eventually it it settles in and you're starting to see more people hop on board but at that point the wheels are off mm-hmm. and because of how fast this like progresses through the people they don't have time to think about it i mean if you, it literally is like every other hour it's getting more and more severe. Yeah, and it, it just seems like it's getting quicker about it too. Because yeah. it lingers for so long, and a lot of the crew members are like still alive, and they're still trying to like figure out like, okay, so Wilford Brimley is definitely like going crazy. He's he might be infected, but we can't be too sure. To yep. so we have to like lock him up in this room, and then it just kind of nose dives into like we're each gonna take our blood samples and we're gonna put it against like a hot wire and see if the blood reacts and if it does we're gonna kill that person like instantly and there's like two different instances where that kind of happens like in a 30 minute span and it just it just goes from like really kind of like building that up slowly to just ramping up real quick oh and then the whole facility gets pretty much destroyed (laughs) oh it wouldn't so my backstory with it is um, my dad showed this to me and my brother, I think when we were like 10 and 11, mm-hmm. nine and 10, somewhere in that time frame. The only reason, <clears throat> so I was trying to pinpoint like, all right, when did I watch this movie? Cause I know I was super young. Right. And I remember it scaring the shit out of me, especially when the, the, the guy's head turns into a, a spider. Oh, that was, <laughs> that was wicked. Yeah. I did kind of chuckle though, when it was like crawling out of the room when they didn't oh, yeah. see it. I was There's like, some humor. remember and then everyone, was that an intentional moment of comedy? Cause, oh, yeah, cause they all look over at it too. Like what the fuck? That is? was like the only moment of like levity that you get in the movie. And it's still a horrific scene kind of. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just wanted to point that out real quick. It was a nice, it's a very well done scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, cause you're taking, that is one of the most startling things ever. That probably, and that probably prop took a lot of money to make. Oh, I'm sure. And then you have all those guys that like are just like staring at it, mm-hmm. like in disbelief. Yeah. You know? Um, but uh, you were talking about your connection with the movie. Like yeah, no, so I was just trying to, to figure out, they had a video game that came out in 2002 for uh, the N64, I believe. Oh, wow. you know the thing yeah so i had to look it up because i was like all right because i was hanging out with uh my buddy and we we from blockbuster oh. got him to rent the video game oh team blockbuster huh yeah <clears throat> let's go uh, 
yeah, so we got him to rent the video game. And yeah, so I was like, man, when did that video game come out? I got to see it. Yeah, so I think me, me and my brother probably saw this. 2000 2001 somewhere in that range fifth sixth grade okay um so this is this has been a big probably integral movie you know for my you know life growing up how um, old were you at the time when i saw it yeah 10 Just, or 11 okay um i definitely would have been too scared i think to watch this movie um well <laughs> at that age so the thing like the thing is um <laughs> My dad didn't really preface it with this is scary. It was just like it might as well. He might as well have been turning on Predator, you know. Like this is a sweet kick-ass film where this guy's gonna do some serious shit. Mm. Like just you know. And then you're watching it and you're probably not thinking like, oh man, like this might like traumatize like you know my kids or whatever. And honestly, I mean, it wasn't like that bad. I don't know. I think I was just at the cusp of that age of maybe being past the boogeyman. Hopefully, I mean, fifth, sixth grade. I don't. Anyways, um, yeah, so that's how we saw it. I mean, it was a pretty kick-ass film. I mean, you know, from my, from my recollection of it. So this was one of the first films I, I bought off Amazon. Mm-hmm. I, didn't really, I didn't really buy movies off that, you know, off Amazon. Yeah. And I was like, this, is, this was part of my uh, first four. Nice. So, yeah, this movie, you said it's good. I love this film, too. I think this has got one of my um, pretty rare 10 out of 10s on IMDb. Okay. I really like the uh, the pacing of this movie too, because like we were saying before, it is it kind of approaches it from like a subtle, like slow discovery of like something's not right here mm-hmm. into that really chaotic atmosphere of just the facility basically being destroyed and torn apart and people dying left and right. Oh, it, yeah, and it, it reaches that point in such a gradual yet believable way that it is really just kind of satisfying to watch. Um, Especially from the the perspective of the fact that they're like trapped there, like nobody's coming for them. Basically, like if they don't kill this thing in time, or like they're just gonna get stranded and die anyway. If if you you go into this film, right, and you I mean you don't know really what's going on. I think I so I I threw it on and uh, Justin was over, so me and Justin watched it. Mm-hmm. And I think he called out kind of like what was going to happen in the first, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. But I'm like sitting there, I was like, I didn't say anything. But I was like, yeah, you might be right. But like, just see how it unfolds. Yeah. You know, the the, the evolution from when it, where it starts to the, the Nor- Norwegians trying to kill that dog. Which is a very, uh, very stark and uh startling opening by the way the way that it just opens up just this dog oh, running cold away open yeah literally a cold open yeah they're in the i mean it's just him taking off and <laughs> um yeah it's, it's these, these guys shooting at a dog running away um in like the snow and they're in a helicopter and it's just like what the hell is going on here <laughs> like really why are they doing bizarre, this <laughs> if you think about it and if you're watching it too i'm not gonna lie the guy goes to throw a grenade and like does the oh it falls behind him and blows up everything. Yeah. Like, talk about the most asinine, like... <laughs> and this is in the first five minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's almost like a jumping off point of where are we going with this thing. Yeah. You know? And uh, what's what's uh, really interesting, too, is they choose to make them speak another language so that you don't understand what they're saying. And so and when the they... Su- I'm glad you said that because the subtitles... There's no subtitles. Yeah. And, and so when they come across the Americans, the Americans are like... This guy's just fucking crazy, and they just kill him because he's just like well, trying shooting to, it. Well, 
I mean, he's shooting a dog. He's shooting he, at the dog, but it's like, like towards their direction. So yeah. they, because, you know, they probably thought to themselves, like, this guy couldn't possibly be shooting at the dog. Why would he be shooting at a dog? What did the dog do to warrant them chasing after him and shooting in at him? In a them? helicopter. In a helicopter. So they yeah. probably just thought that this guy was nuts and just put him down when if he if the dude spoke any english oh my god he might have been able to save himself it'd be like those memes where they got like they like hey that dog's contaminated credits start rolling (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) like that hey that dog that's over there uh yeah it's an alien we need to kill it oh okay (laughs) oh my god dude yeah that uh and that's it that i think the only time the movie for from what I could tell, you know, for me, the only time, because I've seen it probably like 15 times now, mm-hmm. the only time it's really slow is right at the beginning. I think it's right when they go to the, uh, there. there's a little bit of the, what's going on in the camp. I think McCready takes off, or I should say Mac. Yeah. Oh! Mac, name dropping. That's, by the that's way, a big reason why you love this movie. Oh my God. Dude. It's like, uh, it's like you can self-impose yourself on the uh, main character. That's what I'm going to be for Halloween. I'm going to be more easily. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to grow a big bushy beard. And... Can't do that. <laughs> I wish. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, shave my hair, you know, take it off my, the top of my hair or the bottom mm. and then put it on my chin. I, I made, I made one trade for another basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, see, that's where you go. At least you get a trade. Some of us just lose it. Yes. You some know? some people have, are cursed with the Mr. Clean effect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting to see what... Anyways. <laughs> We're talking about aging. Yeah. Um, but... Hey, boomers. <laughs> hey, sheesh. <laughs> hey there, zoomers. <laughs> Do you guys like the fidget spinners? The tech decks? Oh, my that God. was more of a millennial thing. Yeah. Wow, uh, the I'm tech more decks. A, so anyway, anyway, uh, back to the movie. Back to the film. <laughs> Thank you for enjoying the small break. Yeah, <laughs> back well, to the action. We'll be right back with these messages. Yeah. <laughs> Sheesh, tech deck. <laughs> <laughs> Fidget spinners going out of style. Look at this. Whoa, going out of style. More like coming back. <laughs> Yowza. Then it goes into an advert for Heelys. <laughs> <laughs> we're just talking about we're just talking about generational oh gimmicks. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, yes. Anyway, so that's the only time it kind of got slow for me was right at the beginning. I think Mac and a couple of the the guys when they go and discover the body and they, they decide to bring it back for whatever reason. Yeah, but um, I mean, it's necessarily slow in order to kind of build up that tension and that it, discovery of like what the hell is going on here. And there's a lot of good like body horror stuff too that happens in this movie even oh in the God. beginning when they discover like the corpse with like the two faces yeah the two, that that's why they brought it back to do research mm-hmm. uh the guy that killed himself yeah you know to preserve to make sure he didn't get infected mm-hmm. and um, it's just like this morphed wretched kind of almost looks like a, this hellacious image of somebody who's just contorted and just distorted in this unhuman way it's hey, very uncanny to look at. It really, I mean, like when you, and then they're doing the autopsy on it, mm-hmm. which is, it's like, how do you even begin that? <laughs> and, well, I, I was just laughing. I was like, who the hell is like, man, let's just see what's in here. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, and then you just find out like, oh, it's actually normal. Well, it makes sense because, uh, they're researchers. So naturally they want to find out like why 
because you know naturally they're scientists and so they're just curious about different sorts of phenomenon so it makes sense and from a story standpoint i'm glad that they did that because if they were just like random ass campers it wouldn't make sense for yeah. them to be like oh let's take this so body did back they and- ever say what their, their their purpose was with where they were at i can't i don't remember that's what like so that's i'm in the same boat because i remember i was like everyone's kind of got a title here mm-hmm. you know and like yeah the sheriff mccready was the the driver the one guy was the chef the other guy was a chef and i was like and the guy ran the dog kennel <laughs> yeah and, like wilford brimley was the only doctor actually there were two doctors i think brimley was a scientist maybe and there was a doctor something they had like a small community and may- maybe they were just like Maybe not necessarily all of them were like researchers, but like it was clear that they worked for like the government. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. I just I'm like who who was the main guy there and what was he doing? Like <laughs> like McCready's obviously like the guy, mm. like Max the guy. Max, yeah, right. But uh, the other the other titles and like what's going on? It's like all right, I don't because I was in the same boat. If every time I've seen this movie, I've always been kind of like, what are they doing there? Mm. And I think this time I was trying to pay attention to what they were doing there, and I still don't know if I got an answer. Yeah. But the other point too is like because the action pops off, you don't really need to know. No, you just need to know that they are there in like a government setting. So there's mm-hmm. a big reason why these different sorts of characters are there. Like yeah. there's a reason why there's a guy with a gun, why there's a dude with a bunch of um, yeah. like sled dogs, basically why they have like a cook and um, just different sorts of like researchers and scientists there and like a pilot um, just yeah. to kind of like make not necessarily an excuse, but to give a reason why all these different types of people are in the same place um, without delving too much into it. Cause I think it's- it like, it it goes into it enough for you to be like, okay, I can, oh, it's I can believe that these guys are here for yeah. a reason. I mean, it's not that nothing like you're, that's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're not like I don't think at any point someone's gonna go bullshit, <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, you know, like I don't think it's yeah. I just I've always been curious. It's it's a curiosity. I consider myself a little bit of a research myself. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, no, that's a bit of foreshadowing right there for uh, what we're going to talk about next. But uh, I like the fact that in this movie and the one uh, that John Carpenter made before Escape from New York, that Kurt Russell is like a pilot in both of them. Yeah, he does fly a plane into... Did he fly the plane into yeah. New York? He, he does that and then he jumps off himself? Yeah, he like flies it to the building and then it like barely lands on like the edge of the skyscraper. Oh, that's right. And I got then, a he, then he hops out. Bliskin, man. Yeah, Snake Bliskin. Dude, can you see why he's on the list of guys that are dudes? <laughs> yeah. I like his voice that he puts on in that movie. He's like, uh, I, can, I can go rescue your president if you want me to or like <laughs> something like that. I got, yeah, that one's, I'm going to have to revisit that. I've only seen that movie once. He almost like whispers throughout the whole thing. Um, oh, he's very hard ass. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. almost in the same. I actually no, not in the same vein. I guess he does a lot more shouting in the thing. The yeah, this the thing. He's more like just um, an average Joe who kind of takes charge. I guess he, it's so true. And uh, in Escape from New York, he's much more of like a hard ass criminal character, but with a oh, good got, heart. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> he's got the credentials. I don't, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, no, I just thought that that was funny. The fact that he's like a pilot in both movies and he's like the star of both of them. John Carpenter really likes Kurt Russell. Multiverse, man. Oh, yeah. Kurt Russell in the multiverse, if we could figure out in the, those parallels. The John Carpenter timeline. Um, oh. they, we have to figure out where they live fits in. Um, 
somehow, which I could, haven't seen yet. We but. could make an argument that the thing Kurt, Kurt Russell makes it out. Mm, we could. The ending is uh, ambiguous that way, isn't it? So, oh my god, that I think I, that's how I got brought up. Cliffhangers. Mm, yeah, it was on my top five cliffhangers. Oh yeah, because that's one I remember when that movie ended. My dad, like when he after horrifically watching it, you know, mm. was like turns it off, you know, and. So who do you think it is? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I'm like, I just saw a man's head get ripped off and crawl on the fucking floor. Like, and then, you know, he's like, hey, isn't that kind of wild? So there's, yeah. So the way the movie ends is that there's this, so there are two characters left by the end. There's Kurt Russell and then there's Childs who's played by Keith David. Yeah. And uh, those two characters are like left alive. The facility is destroyed basically. Um, oh yeah, it's all crumbled. It's all crumbled. Everything's on fire. They're both like really tired and weak from having to deal with the whole uh, shebang of it. I guess um, I don't know why I thought of the word shebang, but essentially they're both left sitting there like on their own, and they're trying to figure out if either one of them is the thing. Like if if either one is like infected with it or like posing as as themselves. Um, Cause maybe, and I thought about this too. Like, what if it's neither of them? Like, or yeah, or both of them, or you know, both of them. It's it's a very ambiguous way to end the movie because they're well, just both sitting there, just kind of waiting to see if anything and, happens. So the way McCready starts talking about it, um, I'm almost like, oh my god, like he's it. Interesting. It, so it's been a while. It, it's been a minute since I've seen this movie. I watched it like three weeks ago or whatever in yeah. preparation for the episode before this one obviously things had to change so there are some things that i don't remember quite as much well i mean it wasn't i don't remember the exact words i mean obviously he gets into like you know it's got to be out here in the cold this is what it wanted this is how it survives it could be one of us you know but the way he's kind of saying it is almost like in uh kind of in like a like a uh self-referential you know kind of like joking like i got the one up on you and then so when i'm watching it i was like oh my like i think he's it like he didn't do the like maybe he did do the blood test no one knows for sure because we never saw him do his Mm. it was just already in the container right so i was like i never noticed that it could be and then you get in a and then so i'm like thinking about i was like oh maybe he's like actually laughing at childs Mm. knowing that he isn't it and that childs is it and that when childs goes to sleep he's gonna kill him and that's kind of why he's laughing like who really knows where it's at mm-hmm. you know yeah so like the first like as i'm watching i was like oh my god it's like definitely him i'm just running through it and then as he gets towards the end of his whole spiel i'm like oh shit it's probably child like he's actually you know and then childs is just in there and childs has no fucking clue like he's just like bro i'm just fucking done <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've been through the ringer um so uh came out here fucking you know he's like i I got a pension (laughs) for (laughs) when i turned 40 and smoked some (laughs) jays yeah now i'm gonna fucking die out here (laughs) (laughs) with you (laughs) two characters that have butt heads pretty much the entire movie when the conflict starts kicking off they do they and that was uh there's only one time they had a little resolution and then it turned it went to jack shit Mm. it was when uh they're like all right we got to get out to wilford brimley's thing and then uh you know, they go out there and it's like, you're not, you're not saying, I want to get back in there, Mac. I'm good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I tell you what, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> I love. And then he walks out there and he's like, 
I left the light on. <laughs> like, I never leave my light on. I never leave my light on. And then he goes there, and then the other guy comes back, and he's like... Cut ties with him. Yeah, he's like, I just... I think it's him. I left him oh, out there. Well, they uh, they saw the burned clothing in the ground. Oh, yeah, that's Remember? right. So that's they the found reason. that, and that was like... They're like, man, we left him out there, man. We found those clothes... It's him for sure. <laughs> and then they fucking turn the corner. And, and then you don't see him for a while. Like, it's you don't probably, see him for a bit. It, no, it's like, I mean, it's like, it's so, like five minutes. Dude, that's what I was just about to say. So it's not, that's how I remember it. Like, mm-hmm. in my head, I was like, Kurt Russell went away in this movie for a good 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's literally like three to four minutes. Yeah, it's, but it feels like a significant amount of time because you're with him for most of it up until your that hand point. And he's the guy that's like, protecting you in this film and all of a sudden he's gone he's it he's the thing and he's gone and then they're just like where are we going now yeah yeah you know which i mean that's a very uh interesting implication especially if you don't see him uh slice his own hand to get his own blood in that moment when he's doing the test i'm pretty sure because if he already had it then there's some weird implications there going on um because he as soon as that happened he came up with that test interesting so he's like you don't and i so i'd have to watch that scene again because i my yeah. memory you know i have the memory of like an 80 year old all right so i mean <laughs> i could have watched this yesterday <laughs> so, heart of a zoomer uh face of a gen x yeah. uh mind of a boomer oh god it's all this is dementia here we come you're just uh you're just a generational frankenstein oh my god that is a beautiful way of describing me <laughs> mary shelley's mclean parker yeah yeah this the unknown sequel yeah there's so, only one copy and i have it <laughs> so uh yeah so i mean from my memory is that you don't and that's why i thought it was pretty important that you don't see that and that he's the first one to test his own blood that, yeah, that that's got some interesting implications. Um, it 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 because it feels like you know tone wise and like the way the movie presents it, it makes it feel like it's a significant amount of time that he's gone. Right, and it it, it does it does make I'm you think. You. Like when you, especially when you point it out to me now, it does make me retroactively go and think like that is that is like a weird implication right there. And I like the way that this movie sort of makes you ask like who all is actually like infected and stuff. And the fact that they, there's a character who dies that they like kind of suspect might be it uh, because he like attacks somebody, but he's not infected. Yeah. He's, he's not the alien. It, it just goes to show like all the different possibilities and like the, the second guessing of everybody's behavior. And they just don't really, it's, it's amazing that they, I mean, they just, you don't know. Mm-hmm. No one has any fucking clue. And that's, how do you how do you so that's what i'm saying too that's a craziness about the spread of the virus too like it 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 goes from like it's uncontrolled mm-hmm. right and you're talking within a matter of hours yeah of it overtaking think of how much shit goes down they fucking blow up a compound <laughs> and it takes place within six hours yeah like that's how uncontrollably and the craziness that evolves from this little thing like that's why it's just funny to think about. Um, so Wilford Brimley does the test. Yeah. Did I, so I knew that it was coming up because I've always watched this and I've, I've never actually did the math. It would have taken over the world in 3.1 years. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the timeline I came up to. I think it was like 
I don't remember how many days it was, you know, but yeah. that's, I did the, it gives you, I like, I really like that scene too. Cause it gives you an immediate sense of like the danger that it poses. Yeah. Cause you could think to yourself like, okay, it's like just one alien. Obviously it's going to like kill a few people, but maybe they can just contain it. But then when he sees how fast it would spread and how, how fast it was spreading, how fast it was yeah. spreading. Uh, it gives you that sense of like, oh shit, this thing is this thing is like a, a world eater, basically. Yeah, oh, like it's got some some world death implication to it. I, I, the whole goddamn world in three years, man. Like that, <laughs> that's a big fucking place. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that's. I remember because watching it with Justin, I I knew that scene was coming, and I remember like when I was watching it you know um like man like how kind of frightening it was when you see something like that and you just see like how it attacks and it you know it spreads mm -hmm. and you kind of get the sense like oh this is really quick like this happens fast like if you catch it morphing like it feels like you did a great job but imagine if you had given it five more minutes right you know and that which is a fantastic job dude because they don't give you the whole i mean there's obviously no science on it but they don't give it all to you so like you don't know how long it takes either. Yeah. All you know is that it rapidly attacks cells and clones and just totally like overtakes your body. But there's no like, they don't go, oh, if it has you for 10 minutes or if it has you for 15. It I doesn't mean, give you a specific number. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, it's it's just like if it, if you get in contact with it, it's going to, you're done. Yeah. And, you ne and that's what I'm saying. Like, you never know. That's another beauty of it. It's, you can't put a time frame on anyone getting in contact with it. With mm. how long it takes or how long they could have been infected for you know so um anyways the that was, you know was three years is a, a, a quick quick time and yeah. uh speaking of that scene and uh kind of segueing into uh finish wrapping up this discussion oh for sure uh r.i.p uh wolford brimley um, is it just this year or was uh, that a couple years ago i think it was like the beginning of 2021 yeah something like that either the beginning or like the summer um it was definitely like last year yeah for sure I'm like a like a, a bit ago and it took me a bit to uh figure out like which one he was until he started talking and i was like oh that's wilford brimley right there no, that's Mac, that voice i'm telling you i'm fine <laughs> yeah. There's I'm nothing, telling you, I'm fine. There's Liberty, nothing wrong with Liberty me. Mutual's paying for my research. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you want to do I, my closing thoughts, your closing thoughts? Just, uh, I mean, honestly, I um, just got to, like, you this, can go ahead. This movie holds up tight. It's one of the tightest, probably, storylines that you'll see, mm. right? And for being almost 40 years old, I mean, almost 40 years old, this movie could have got put out yesterday and almost I been, exactly 40 years old yeah. yeah and i would have been like uh man that probably came out in like the late 90s mm. like it's just i mean it is it's really it's a it's a fine piece of film and it won't it won't drag it's one of the easier things that you'll probably be able to stomach you know if you throw it on easiest two hours you could probably do yeah there's definitely uh there have been movies that have come out in the 90s that i've watched that have felt older than this movie i was just talking about um the other day how like i watched the original candy man the uh, 1992 one yeah and that movie feels older than this movie in a lot of different ways <laughs> um but anyway uh not gonna go into that one exactly but this movie i really enjoyed um it's very atmospheric i love the uh isolation of it the bottleness of it just mm -hmm. the fact that it takes place in a day just on this one arctic research center is uh very compelling to watch um 
I thought like it's a significant improvement over the movie that came before it by John Carpenter, Escape from New York, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, just in terms of production quality, and I think the acting's really better in this movie. Um, there were a few instances where like it felt a little goofy, like uh, the head crawling into the hallway without them seeing it. Yeah, and campy, right? A little, little campy. campy. And uh, a few scenes were like, okay, obviously, like it's a and it's an improvement over Escape from New York, but there are still some things I can tell, like eh, special effects, eighty special effects. You know, for sure, it's hard to miss. So well, um, dude, I mean, it's for it's dated forty years. So I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> like when you talk about it, it's like no shock. Yeah, you know? it's it's not unexpected. Let's yeah. just say. I that. mean, like, dude, that'd be like me in the nineties talking about a film from the fucking fifties mm. and being like, I mean, it is in black and white. Yeah, <laughs> like, it is silent. There's yeah. really no audio. Yeah, like there, it's to be expected. But you know, for the most, I'm so. What do you? I would give it a eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Yes. That's pretty solid. Yeah, so on my uh, on the on my parabola, um, definitely ten. Like it's bingo like all the way. Entertainment and fun. Nice. Yeah, I love it. Sweet. You will love to see it. Um, speaking of entertaining and fun. Speaking of loving to see, uh, I we saw oh Spider Man No Way Home. Do 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 do. Is that Star Wars noises? Huh? No, that's what happens when you shoot a web. The do do do. Yeah. The pew pew pew. Do do do. It's more like a do do do. Oh. Do 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 do. Do do do. Boop 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 boop. Um. So yeah, we both saw this movie. Uh, I think we pretty much saw it. Pretty much like it's pretty darn close. To pretty quick to like you the saw it date. opening night or the next day, and I saw it two days later. We saw it. My friends and I saw it Thursday night, and then you saw it like a few Saturday. days after. I went. I took Preston. Mm-hmm. I wanted. Uh, I was trying to figure out. I was like, man, is this like, you know, I'm gonna bring my four year old here. Like, how crazy is this gonna get? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually. Inter- I mean, he liked it. It was actually entertaining. You know, I don't think that this is. It wasn't. It wasn't anything where he couldn't handle it. Okay. So, so I don't I guess, like all the violence, but I mean, it's like when you're shooting webs and crap out of your hand. Like, here's a question that I want to ask. And obviously, like, uh, bringing a kid to the movies can be like a really fun experience for them. And uh, oh, they can make, make a lot of memories. Not necessarily. I just wanted to ask, like, how much him being four years old. I just remember, like, me being four and not really retaining much of, like, any information from anything. Um, I have, like, very splotchy memories and some people can remember stuff from even before that so i just i guess i wanted to ask like how much do you think he took in and sort of, of like all that remembered from the movie like was there was there anything after you guys were done watching that he kept like referencing like green goblin or like something no so i mean you know one i wanted to see it mm-hmm. and it's kind of i mean it's it was like what are we gonna do you know it kind of it's it's a little bit before Christmas, like it's cold outside, so it's a nice way to get out of the house. I can actually go see something. I'm like, all right, uh, a little bit. I don't, you know, honestly, for us, it's just kind of him hanging out with dad. Yeah. So it was one of those cool things where I was like, man, I get to take my kid to like you know a movie because I know my dad used to take me and my brother to movies all the time. Right. You know, that's like one of the things that I, I like to do with press and as much as I can. 
Um, so no, we, you know, for me, the most part I'll remember is sitting in the wrong seat and uh, sweating profusely as a couple <laughs> next to me sat down and they were staring at me. <laughs> and it was like, I think I needed to go over one and I didn't. And I was like, let's see how this plays out. And then I looked down again and I could see someone at the end of the aisle crouching. And I was like, oh, they're definitely not going to crouch that whole two and a half hours there. So <laughs> they got like security and came like not security, but the, well, like you know, the it's a 17 year old kid. That's like, can I see your ticket? Oh yeah. You know, like like kinda, the attendant. So he, as soon as they came up, I, I looked at him. I was like, I think I'm supposed to be over one. And he goes, can I see it? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, yep. Yep. And I was like, all right. You know, and I looked over at the guy. I was like, Hey man, you know, sorry. So, cause I already figured I'd be apologizing a little bit more with Preston being off the rails. Gotcha. Which he wasn't. So, uh, no, for him, uh, he'll probably remember eating a lot of popcorn and candy with dad <laughs> while watching. Uh, he'll you just know, remember Spider-Man. being with his dad. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a big Spider-Man kid. He's got he's got the Spider-Man backpack. Mm-hmm. He plays some Spider-Man video games, you know. He really likes Spider-Man, but he doesn't know, like. Gotcha. You know, so. Just the experience was fun for him, probably. Yeah. And I'm hoping that it's like one of those things when he's older, it'd be kind of like, remember when we went to that? Like, oh, yeah, it's like the first movie. Or he's going to be like, no fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll find out. The fuck you talking about, Dad? <laughs> Old man. <laughs> I just remember we sat in the wrong seats. <laughs> yeah. Go get that memory check, dog. Yeah. I just remember the guy having to come yell at you because yeah. you were in the wrong seat. Because you're a fucking idiot. Remember <laughs> Thanks, that? Could we differentiate five and six? You damn boomer. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, Anyways uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. You liked... Uh, yeah. So, am I... Are you, you got... You do if, this uh, one. I'll do Matrix. Yeah. Yeah, we can All do right, that. Um, do, yeah, because... So, uh, yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, this is the third Tom Holland Spider-Man movie, and it takes place immediately after the events of the second one, um, where Spider-Man's identity gets revealed as Peter Parker, everybody finds out who he is, and so he's got to deal with the problems that arises from everybody knowing him as the superhero, so he goes to Doctor Strange, and he pretty much asks him if he can help make a spell to have almost everybody forget who Peter Parker is or forget the fact that he's Spider-Man and uh, Dr. Strange starts to make the spell. Peter goes, wait, wait, but I want MJ and I want Aunt May to remember who I am and Ned. Ned's got to remember too. And so like the spell gets messed up. It opens up these different portals in the multiverse where different characters from uh, different universes, I'll say, like come out and uh want to fight spider-man and so he's got to deal with the implications of the multiverse while also the fact that everybody knows who he is now and so that's that's the gist of the the movie oh yeah because that spell did it work it didn't work right um it kind of turned into like dr strange going like i'm done like we're just gonna leave it where it's at yeah yeah it just it messed up entirely pretty much because he had to like contain the spell right so the spell was contained in the box to put it in the yeah but it still caused these ripples in the multiverse right and so these different characters like started coming out um, so spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home, obviously. Well, this is all within the first fucking 30 minutes, so go see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just warn you right now. So, uh, what, what, uh, what did you think of this, this movie overall? Trash. Absolute trash. Damn. No. Bum, bum, bum. Podcast ends right there. Shock value, baby. <laughs> yeah. 
You want to tell me that movie's good? Fucking bring it. I'm going to be a contrarian this yeah. episode, and I'm going to say that this movie was absolute garbage. <laughs> no, I mean, I... It, no, I loved it. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. It's one of the best. It's kind of... It actually was uh, younger me thinking what comic book movies should have been mm-hmm. when I was younger. Yeah. You know, not... Just a lot of fun, a lot going on, while it still feels like contained and cohesive. And there, so yeah, there are. There's a ripple in the multiverse, right? It opened up all these different portals, different different uh, characters getting back into the timeline that we are currently existing in. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, I mean, that sounds like really heady. But once it gets going, it there's nothing to it. I mean, it's just kind of like, hey, we can bring people here. I mean, that's it. So it's, you know, it's like it's, and I've heard this described too. It's a movie with a ton of fan service that works because oh it, yeah, it feels like most of the stuff that they introduce from uh, the previous movies, like the Spider-Man movies that aren't a part of the MCU, where they bring like the villains back and also you know the other Spider-Men back too. Mm-hmm. Everything almost like almost everything feels like it has a purpose to the story of That's Tom true. Holland's character. It wasn't a uh, money grab because for you know. I think most people have felt this way too, and I've certainly felt this way before I watched the movie, is that I definitely felt like Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire were going to show up, but I didn't think that they were going to have any like heavy implications to the story or they weren't going to serve like that much of a purpose outside right. of it being a cameo. And yeah, I, was very, I was very pleasantly surprised that not only did they show up and you know people went nuts or whatever, but they also served a purpose. They were supporting characters in like the third act of the movie. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I thought when Garfield first popped on the screen, like the whole, the one thing that did annoy me was like the whole theater goes nuts, <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. like just want to like turn around and be like, "Come on, you didn't see it coming." <laughs> I even knew he was gonna be fucking in this. Dude, you know? my theater, my theater went crazy for Garfield and Toby. A good amount of people even went uh, excited for Matt Murdock when he showed up as That's the lawyer. That's the one. So uh, I don't remember. How, like He popped in there, and I, I think I was listening to Oh, so I think I went to go pick up my son, and I was kind of listening to a little bit of the review on it. Maybe not. I don't remember. Uh-oh. I knew that he Matt Murdock, though, was Daredevil. I don't remember who told me. The review spoiled it for you? No, 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 no. Because I think I listened to that after the fact. I'm trying to remember Uh-oh. who told me because, like, what... So somebody else spoiled it for you in no, person. No, 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 no. <laughs> Someone, I don't even know how I, dude, I didn't listen to anything. So like I went into this mm-hmm. and I think it was just like rumors that he was going to be in it. Either that or there I were put rumors it, beforehand. Either that or I put it together myself when I saw him. But I'm pretty sure I had like the, someone gave me a heads up because like, um, you know, Ben Affleck's Daredevil probably, I mean, will be the best Daredevil of all time. Like that's really Obviously. hard to challenge that one but uh, <laughs> i think murdoch <laughs> murdoch <laughs> s- stood out yeah so like i don't remember what but i mean for some reason yeah the, and people were going kind of crazy so maybe i looked it up i don't remember but have anyways. you seen the daredevil show the netflix show no but that's the same guy yeah like, it's, it's the same guy the show is pretty like probably the best uh marvel show on netflix out of like all the like five she, shows or, that yeah. they have um i've heard i've heard good things about it yeah i recommend watching them it's a it's a lot more of a mature look at superheroes and kind of like more grounded in realism (laughs) i pay you 10 bucks to show your tits (laughs) 10 won't do it 20 mr murdoch you're drunk yeah fuck it was only three whiskey sours 
I like the fact that he's trying to see someone's boobs when he's blind. <laughs> Let me feel them. Dirty. I can smell them. My yeah. sense of smell is heightened. No, all you have to do is I'll <laughs> let me slap your ass so I can see him jiggling. Jesus God. <laughs> you know, he's got like the thing with the vision when you make the sound effects. He's just this really <laughs> scummy version of Matt Murdock. Well, he said it's ground it's realism. Yeah, he's fucking blind in Hell's Kitchen. He makes <laughs> shit money. <laughs> Like, like he's gonna doing well. I said he was grounded in realism. I didn't say he was a pervert. Mister <laughs> <laughs> Murdoch, you're drunk, and he's an alcoholic. Mister Murdoch, you're drunk. That's like the intro to every episode. Mister Murdoch, you're drunk. <laughs> Just this blasted daredevil. <laughs> oh my god. How's he not had his bar license taken away? Oh, dude, have you ever seen? Oh my god, was it Barstools? Oh, I don't even. Want to, there was a there was a Batman that that. They did a spoof on Batman. That Batman continues gets drunk. It's like drunk Batman every night. Every time he goes to solve a crime, he goes to the bar. Oh God. Yeah. Anyways, that's what Mister um, Murdoch reminded me of. Yeah. So anyways, drunk Daredevil was in it. <laughs> um. So yeah, Daredevil, good show. I recommend it. Yeah. Um. Only three seasons, so it's not too much of a commitment. But um, yeah. When he showed up, uh, a surprising amount of people were excited that he was in the movie because. You know, not everybody's seen the Daredevil show. Most people know about like Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, but yep, uh, Daredevil, I guess, is a little more well, not he, obscure, but he just, played a very, very. He was a cameo. So, I yeah, mean, it was like one. He of those definitely things, was just a cameo. Yeah, it's like one of those things where they they just now they've introduced him, so now they can put him in these fucking movies. Mm-hmm. I really like the fact that this movie has. Uh, and it kind of sets itself from the rest of the MCU other than a few other movies like Infinity War or um, I guess like the first Iron Man. But it felt like it had stakes and consequences to what was happening in the movie. Um, it felt like there were like way heavier implications than what we got in like previous Spider-Man movies and previous MCU movies too. Because, you know, Aunt May dies. There's yeah. a consequence that happens because Peter, like, Peter, okay, so Peter encounters, like, all the villains that have come in through the multiverse, and instead of sending them back to their own timelines to die, he is, uh, his morals get the best of him, and he goes, I want to try to save all these people, and so he frees them from Doctor Strange's prison, basically, his magic prison, and he takes them back to, like, his apartment, and he starts working on a cure for all these villains. You know, you've got Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin, who steals the show, by the way, for me. I don't know if he, he did for you. He really, like I loved him in this movie. I thought he was so compelling and just an interesting villain to watch. And it feels such like a seamless transition from like the first Spider-Man movie he was in to this iteration it's of the very character. true like when you watch it you don't really think that he missed any time like yeah there's definitely like he got back on the bike and was like no hands you can tell that he had a lot of fun playing the character and was just chewing up the scenery just soaking everything well, in I mean, come on like he's an actor and then it's like all right well you know play the opposite of you mm-hmm. you know so and it, what helps too is that he really wanted to be a part of the movie but only if he could be in like the majority of like the stunt work Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, when, well, when Tom Holland's, he... like, on top of him, like, punching him in the face, you know, it's, you know, it's actually Willem Dafoe just laughing in his face the whole time. Yeah. And it's so jarring and entertaining to watch. And uh, I thought he was great. I, I thought got, he was the best part of the movie. I got lost in everyone's performance. I don't think there was one person that, actually, the only one would have been the Sandman. 
Sandman and uh, Lizard specifically, they kind of felt like background villains. A hundred, like just could care less. And you could tell that they just included them just to kind of emphasize the whole multiverse aspect of it. Um, and it didn't help that uh, the actors for those characters weren't actually like on set. Um, they were just doing like voice work for, for them. The most, there was a couple scenes where I think they're the lizard. No, the lizard definitely was a hundred percent, but I think the Sandman, unless he's CGI. would So what they did was they took either uh, alternate takes or deleted scenes from Spider-Man three and uh, the amazing Spider-Man, uh-huh. each of those movies. And yeah. they like used those for, the scenes in those movies when they like kind of turn back to their normal selves. Did the lizard ever do it in uh, amazing Spider-Man? No. And I've never seen it. Uh, in this one. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Cause like they cure both of them. And so they turn back to like their normal kind of human selves and you get, you see like Sandman, like look at his hands and he's like becoming human again. And then lizard, you know, shrinks down and he's like naked and he turns back into uh Dr. Connors. I don't remember. See, I don't remember. It's a very quick scene that happens. Might have um, been dealing with Preston or the movie debacle or the seat debacle. The seat debacle, yeah. No, nah, that was far enough into it where I, there was no issue. I was going to say, that was towards the end. So hopefully yeah. <laughs> hopefully that guy wasn't crouching down for like the first hundred minutes of it. No, that was. Anyways, no, I don't remember. I kind of remember the Sandman going into his, uh, a little bit into this. But I thought I thought Defoe kind of, I thought Defoe got his his uh diabolical plan out there before everything else happened but no mm-hmm. i believe i mean like i said i i yeah you know my i have the memory of if if you look up uh if you look up a side-by-side video and they have them out it, already um you can definitely tell that they're like the same they just shot pulled it. yeah that's still pretty cool though that I, I can splice that yeah no it's it's very convenient uh yeah. for sure and if uh if somebody didn't tell me that, I would I would not have known. The one I the Sandman I thought kind of looked weird. Mm. He's the one I don't Connors I don't remember about like, I, and I can't remember the guy's name who does the Sandman. Uh, oh, uh, Hayden Thomas Church. Yes, yes, famously from Sideways. Or is it Thomas Hayden Church? Um, HDTV. H, HDTV. HGTV. My mom watches no, that all the time. Hayden Thomas HTCDV. What would Hayden Thomas Church do? Thomas Hayden THC? <laughs> Damn. Marijuana. I'm going to look it up. All right. I think it's Thomas Hayden Church. THC? No, that's weed. Um, You're thinking of... You're thinking of speed. HTC. You're thinking of Kachow. <laughs> Cars. Cars. Sheesh. Cars too with Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it is Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church. THC. THC. Bro, that's the next that's the next shirt. It it just says THC on it. THC and it's gonna show him smoking like a bun or something. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's a sweet shirt. THC man. <laughs> anyway. I love that. We got WWTHD and THC now. Um <laughs> Yeah, so, I'm gonna have to watch his more of his films. Yeah, I thought um, this movie definitely for me had a lot more like consequence and suspense and sort of you felt the ramifications of yeah. what was happening more so than a lot of other MCU movies, which I really appreciate. Uh, how about any of the Spider-Man films? I don't think this is there's ever been a time where any of the new Spider-Man movies. Any 
of the what is this the ninth one they made the eighth one? Oh, you're talking about all of them. I mean, McGuire. Like, could you do you ever? Ed, did you ever feel? I mean, there were consequences from the third Spider-Man movie. I mean, look at all the memes there are now. Wow. <laughs> but you feel that more on your chest. <laughs> in my heart. Yeah. Uh, for Ra- for Raimi. Consequences of the soul. Yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, like, I don't think, I think that, that I mean, obviously, I mean, you're talking about the, the multiverse, which is probably, like, it's, it's bigger than the universe. Yeah. It's thousands of times bigger than the universe, apparently. Um. Yeah, so I, I definitely agree. I, and I, I think you get that sense all the time. Actually, I mean, towards the end of the film, did you feel like, all right, this will end? Like, I, did you have an idea that it was going to go where it got to? Like uh, with the whole his friends forgetting about him aspect? I mean, any you know, and, and, and strange curing the multiverse. Like, could you have said, like, all right, it's going to get wrapped up in a ball, but it's this has got to happen. I knew, I mean, I knew it was going to... Uh I knew the characters for the most part were either going to like the villains were either going to perish or they were going to like get quote unquote cured and sent back to their universes. So you still, that's still double double sided though. And you would never like see them again after this movie in like this universe. Right. Um, But I guess I really wasn't sure that it was going to wrap up in the way that it did with basically everybody forgetting that Peter Parker exists And his friends forgetting about him and not having any history with him like they did before. And uh, it is a crazy concept. That felt like another, like, really good way to end uh, that sort of trilogy of movies and kind of have that sort of consequence of his actions and that responsibility he has to take and that sacrifice he has to make for himself um, in order to uh, cure these villains and, like, make sure they live and send them back to their own timelines is uh is really just admirable i guess you could say like sure. um and it's it's satisfying too it feels like it's uh it's appropriate there's the word i'm looking for it's appropriate um because honestly it makes it feel like oh this is like an origin story for if they ever make any more spider-man movies because at the end you see tom holland going into like this rundown apartment that's very reminiscent of the sam raimi spider-man movies Mm -hmm. and you hear the guy say like rent's due in two weeks or whatever and uh he he kind of has this like new start of uh being this unknown hero again where he can just focus on like his little area of the city and sort of be that friendly neighborhood spider-man that he needs to be nice yeah nice uh well nice, said nice little uh nice little anecdote there uh, yeah <laughs> that's my thoughts uh like, no that's pretty like good and I mean, subscribe. That's, <laughs> I, that is <laughs> hit the share button down there hit that bell so you know when the videos go up um yeah no no i was thinking about like i it's actually funny you say that because I guess I viewed it in a little bit more of a simpler term than that. That's actually like well put, though. I mean, that does feel like a very uh, uh, Spider-Man type of ending. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because this whole character like is about the sacrifices he has to make, and like just Peter going through the ringer, uh, and yeah. st- while still retaining that that high amount of morality that he has. You know, it's a big reason why the consequences happen in this movie is because his sense of morality is that he just wants to help these people and yeah. not, you know, murder all of them because they are villains. But that sort of thinking, that line of thinking in his morality is what gets him into trouble. And it's crazy how they, I mean, like, yeah, just hearing this, I'm like, man, like, that is kind of nuts. I mean, you get all these, there are some big time 
philosophical questions that are posed or like just yeah for a spider-man movie <laughs> yeah like your friendly neighborhood spider-man it's like i don't want to send him back to these different universes and have them all slaughtered by me mm-hmm. you know <laughs> alternate versions of me yeah so i mean and then he's got to sit there and then you think about that like what would you do like i didn't even view it like that like when he was just sending him back i was like send him back that's their <laughs> destiny like they're they, they're supposed to go peter what do you do send them <laughs> yeah that's why i was like with dr strange all the time like no wonder he's fucking frustrated <laughs> yeah I've been in the Grand Canyon for six hours or yeah. however he says. <laughs> Dude, like, uh, uh, no, but I was thinking like the last time I had a movie where it was, I wasn't sure how it would end or where it was going was Avengers Affinity War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That was the first time that... that the kind of the last time where you're uncertain about the fate of the heroes in it. Kind of like where could... Because that... It, changed the game a little bit and i was like man this this one really could change if they wanted to they could have left like three portals open Mm -hmm. and they could have just been like we're gonna pull like you know and it's just we got most of it done but like now dr strange has i don't know like i'm not a fucking marvel nerd (laughs) but i'm saying like the when i was watching i was like i definitely feel like they're gonna get out of this but i wonder how yeah yeah. that was really soothing it was kind of like uh how clean are they gonna get out of this yeah or like what what like the ramifications you don't even think about the ramifications that are involved i mean peter really got shit on in this film man yeah he really did he loses aunt may and all his fucking friends forget about him (laughs) yeah (laughs) like it's not the ideal outcome for spider-man isn't that crazy like the like the universe like the 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 heroes in this world you know the the fucking avengers superheroes are just sometimes people that make those sacrifices you know Mm. for what's what they think's right it's insane and it's a nice little powerful message there yeah you know um i really enjoyed that part of it what did uh what did you think of uh, Toby and Andrew? Dude, loved them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, well, one, I was looking at Toby. I was like, God, he looks like he's aged so much. I mean, he's definitely aged, but I mean, it's been like 20 years it since ha- the oh, listen, first I'm Spider-Man. Not, it's not like I'm shocked by it, but it's one of those things where like Spider-Man came out and like he was it. He was the it guy. Mm-hmm. There wasn't much. I mean, Batman was cartoony. Superman wasn't really there. Maybe... So, I mean, Spider-Man was it. And I was, like, at that ripe age of, like, oh, shit. You know, like, dude, here it is. 13 years old, Spider-Man, video games, drawings, like, comic books. You've watched it on Cartoon Network. So, Toby was, like, Toby's my Spider-Man. You yeah, know? Yeah. So, then you see him on there, and you're like, fuck. <laughs> mm, yeah. And the fact that he's older, it just makes you feel older. A little bit, yeah. And you're just kind of, like, because you always have, like, Toby McGuire in my head is, like, just... 32-year-old, 18-year-old Tobey Maguire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? And now he's 52-year-old, 36-year-old Tobey Maguire. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot going on for me. <laughs> um, I thought that Andrew was, like, really good in this movie. Like, yeah. Andrew's, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. I thought that in a lot of the scenes he was in, he kind of stole uh, the, the limelight a little bit. And that scene where he saves MJ was, of course, oh, um, dude, one of what the best a, scenes in the I movie. I mean, talk about, like... I wish it was longer. I wish that they had like lingered on that moment for just a bit longer, like maybe like five more seconds or something just to like yeah, really I, hit it home, you know, because it's still an effective scene. I thought it was good where it was at because I think it's like one of those things where in his head, I mean, it's always what he wanted to do and he was doing the right, you know, doing the right thing and what he was there to do. I mean, so that's why it's, they didn't, you do a slow motion effect or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like everyone like that definitely feels like you're batting someone over the head with it. Yeah, like, I like when they did it, and like he just grabs him, and I think he said like 
sets him down, like looks at MJ for a second, right? And kind of sets her down. And yeah. Then and he's off to the races again. Well, he goes, he asks her, like, are you okay? And she says, yeah. And then, like, she sees that he's, like, really emotional about what just happened. And then she asks him, are you okay? And then yeah. he, he, like, kind of looks at her and he's like, yeah. And then it That's cuts it. to the other action going on. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was really, I, I, I hadn't seen those films. So, like, Gwen dying in the second Spider-Man, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I, I've never seen it. So, like, I didn't know that she was dead. And then they talk, like, in the film, they, he goes, Gwen, she was my MJ. Well, it's a really good way to kind of wrap up that character mm-hmm. from those movies. Like, because Andrew Garfield only got two Spider-Man movies. And people like him as Spider-Man, the character. It's just that the movies he was in weren't good. And so... <laughs> Yeah, whose fault's that? You know, he like gets drunk and watches that. <laughs> <laughs> and so this felt like a really good way to kind of put the final stamp on like his iteration of that Spider-Man and sort of um, kind of kind of reassure that character that like, oh, here you can have like this nice wrap up and this sort of sense of closure. And yeah. that's like a really good way to offer that to him. And I think that they played it out pretty well in the movie. Um, and then, of course... Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, you know, he gets a few interactions with, like, Octavius, and he has the stories about, like, his web shooters and how he's, like, making it work with MJ, you know? You get, like, those little, like, nods to the other, like, Raimi movies, and... I was about to say, I thought... I it's thought just a lot of, like, nostalgia. For him, exactly. I was just about to say, I think they just... They, it was, like, one of the big ones, like, we're gonna bring him in here, he's just gonna be kind of the lamp in the corner that everyone just marvels at, but it's not really <laughs> thought you know like what we want to focus on or see but it it's really nice to have it there because you can see it and just put make you smile for a second and then back to whatever you want to do like mm-hmm. actually I, i'm not gonna lie i didn't realize how bad of an actor he was like <laughs> i was just kind of watching so i was like either that or he's typecast and everything i don't know what he did after spider-man and then before this like i know he's got brothers and oh yeah he's he did got brothers like, um he was in a movie where he was bobby fisher like the chess champion Sure. Oh yeah. Um, I don't. I forget the title of it, but no, I heard uh, twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. Uh, that it came out. No, maybe it was sooner. Than I was that. gonna say. I think it was like two thousand eight. I heard a review on that film not too long ago. Yeah, like I think it was fresh off of Spider Man three. Had to have been because I don't think his career did anything after five years. He was done. Of course, he was in uh, Tropic Thunder for like that movie trailer. Uh, Satan's uh, Alley. Satan's Alley. They're holding the anal M- beads. MTV's best kiss award winner, Toby <laughs> Maguire. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Traffic Thunder. Let's talk about it next. No, uh, um, no. But anyways, I thought Toby was. I thought Toby was fantastic, and Garfield was fantastic. I just never seen Garfield in any of the Spider-Man stuff. So like, I'm watching him and just singing Under the Silver Lake. Yeah, which right. was kind of like a weird, you know, sort of. Uh, did you watch that? Under the Silver Lake? Recently? Oh, yeah. I watched that like... Because I remember for... Two or eight, three months ago. Or, okay. Because I remember for our A24 list uh, I hadn't with, see, no, with Gideon, so, you hadn't seen it yet. So yeah. that's why I was talking about it. It was on... Uh, yeah, it was on Showtime or whatever. And I, I was like, you know, I'm going to th- pop this on. I really... I mean, I enjoyed it. So, you know, something else cool. Gideon can we'll have to, come uh, in here and talk about. <laughs> we'll have to uh, discuss it one day. Um, maybe a recommendation. But... um. Yeah, no, I really liked their inclusion in this movie. It felt purposeful. That rooftop scene was pretty emotional. And oh, yeah, I think like pretty effective for the most part and like just kind of soaking in the, the 
consequences of Aunt May dying and the emotional turmoil that Peter was going through and the fact that the other Spider-Men were there to give their support and their experiences and kind of help pick them back up. It yeah. felt like a really like touching, emotionally gripping scene that you don't get that often in the MCU, I feel like. No, there's uh, there's probably there's only a couple I think that have ever kind of brought me like a little t- you know dusty. Yeah, and that one was that one I really thought that scene encapsulated what it means to be Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is what we do. We always get back up, you know, and no matter how hard the chips fall, like we're always there to pick them up and we pick ourselves up, you know, like no matter how much shit we've lost, you know, and we still have to do what's right. I think a lot of people after kind of going through a lot of that stuff that they would have gone through would have given up, mm. you know, especially being like the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, like you're fucking local, yeah. you know, like you just, so you're stopping crime in a five mile radius and a guy just took out your fucking uncle. <laughs> like that's what, that's what you're living with. Yeah. You know, like you, that you're doing nothing for the world almost. You're just doing it for, so, you know, I, I, th- I thought they came in and when they were talking about that, it was a nice little touch on this is who we are. This is what we go through. And it was like a nice support console. And it's almost like they're all three the same person, I guess, since they are Spider-Man, but not the same person. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, they all got chosen to be where they're at or uh-huh. who they are. You know, because without them, it's, it's just, kind of like the responsibility that they were all imposed with. Yeah, because I mean, without if they're not all Spider-Man, they're just Peter Parker. They're just mm-hmm. another person in the street. So you know, yeah. for them to be Spider-Man, it was kind of. I, I thought it was really nice. I thought it was really well done, and you know, it was funny that Ned and uh, MJ couldn't go up there and help them because they they couldn't relate. And I thought that was kind of like the first time that I really saw like. You know, a superhero going like "fuck off." <laughs> you know, like it is too much right now. Like I can't deal with this. You know, mm-hmm. like you guys don't like. Yeah, it's cool that you get to know me, but like I can't deal with it. You know, and then you get those characters that kind of come in, step up, and say, "Hey, man, like we've been, we've been where you've been." Yeah, like, almost quite literally. Yeah, I mean, you know. So I thought that was a really, it was a really effective scene. There are a lot of good, like little. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think there's any, there's never really a throwaway moment in this thing. There aren't, I don't think a whole lot of times in this where you're like, didn't need any of that, that's trash. Mm. You know, maybe some of the the stuff with Doctor Strange kind of going through the, when they first get there or... I don't know, maybe at the beginning with kind of coming back with Mysterio. I was watching, um, I watched this movie with some friends and uh, my roommate Zach, who's a a very smart, very logical dude, um, uh, knows a lot about science and math. Uh, That scene where Spider-Man and Doctor Strange are fighting each other in like the mirror dimension. Oh, God. And uh, Spider-Man says to himself like, wait, this is all just geometry. And he like starts making the like trap for Doctor Strange. I could hear my my roommate go, oh God. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of I not like that though because there's no way in hell. But it was kind of like one of those things. I was like, I don't think it's that easy. <laughs> well, so and I hate to, but in uh, Avengers Endgame, mm-hmm. we we're you know I talked to my friends about it, and obviously we'll probably discuss more of this. But it was one of the funny next th- episode. Yeah, it was weird. I, it's it's kind of building on to like in movies what they do. You know, Tony Stark pulls up to. Uh, uh, Captain America, and he says something like, "You defected the Iger sanction and the properties of the, you know, the Prim's Law or mm-hmm. whatever," and just everyone like nods their head. 
and like every time I, because I've always, it's not dogging it, but I was like, I wonder how much of that's true. Because he says it so confidently. Right. And like, what are they? None of it is. Mm. So like these films, like it's like as long as we kind of get something that sounds close to it and people can identify with. Yeah. We're good. People don't read too much into it. Yeah. No <laughs> one's going to call us on our shit. But it is kind of funny that Zach's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he was he was audibly annoyed at that line specifically. Um, it's like an attack on him. Yeah. What's uh, and this is kind of unrelated, so we'll get back into it. But so we saw this movie, and there was like this kid behind us. He couldn't have been any older than six years old or right. something. Still pretty young, and he he had some like uh, really funny stuff to say during uh, some of the scenes. So the scene in the beginning when Peter's swinging through the city with MJ and J Jonah Jameson, who's you know J.K. Simmons is great by the oh, way. My God. Um, the best. You can't you can't replace him, which is why they brought him back. Oh, that's why they didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's swinging through the city, and J. Jonah Jameson's going on about uh, we finally understand and know the identity of uh, Spider Man. His name is Peter Parker, and the kid behind us goes, "No, it's Tom Holland." <laughs> <laughs> it was just really adorable and uh, uh, kind of cute. Yeah, that is. That sounds. Yeah. Um, I wish Preston knew how to talk. <laughs> <laughs> you just look. You just look at him. Why can't you say that? Yeah. <laughs> Do some cute shit. God damn it! I sold this man's seat for ten minutes. <laughs> Why'd I bring you? <laughs> oh my god! It's just now. Yeah, just tugging on my collar. Dad. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Pew. What's up? I want to go. I got to pee. No, it was like, I think towards the end, he was losing his interest. So, I mean, oh, gotcha. it's like everything's going on. And like, I just hear like the, you know, feel the jerk. And I, I'm like, yeah, yeah. What's up? This is when I'm waking up. He's like, when's it over? <laughs> like, there's like six villains up there. Three Spider-Mans fighting. We're almost down to the wolf of the full part. And I, I just hear like, Legos. yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. And just you like, said we get pizza afterwards. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I did. I bribed him in there. I got a bunch of. Can- I mean, not a bunch of candy, but I got the right amount. amount. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely not to poison him. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess we can uh, kind of wrap up sure. this movie. But um, so overall, I think this is one of the better MCU movies that I've seen. I think uh, really enjoyable. Like I said, it's fan servicey, but it's purposeful fan service you know for the most part um obviously the lizard and sandman are kind of just background villains so they don't really have too much of a personality or interest going on yeah and uh some of the like editing stuff was a little weird but it was kind of always that way for the home trilogy i thought that the directing in this movie was significantly improved from the previous two like some of the shots are just more interesting looking and there's a lot more going on in terms of just dialogue scenes yes. instead of like the over the shoulder, like back and forth kind of thing that was in the last two. So overall, if I had to rate it, I'd probably give it a nine out of 10. Same vote. Nice. Same vote. Same Z's. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think it would be, we'll get into the ranking next week. So, okay. Fuck off. If you guys want to know, Fuck tune off. in to next week. Fuck off if you want to know. Yeah, tune in to next week, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, Ep twelve. When we come at you, you'll get that. You'll get the full deets. That's right. Episode that, twelve. Kyle is what we like to call a, a teaser. teaser. Yep. Mm. Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> Shucks. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! I can't wait to get some of these expressions and just plant them in here. Some of these idiot—they're not idioms, are they? Is it? Um, kind of. Like, is it? Yeah. Expressions. Yeah, expressions. I guess. Vernacular. Yeah. Zoomer vernacular. Nomenclature. Um, yeah, we'll get a we'll get a neon cruise soundboard going one of there, these days. Oh my god, that'd be fucking. <laughs> Yeah, we're just a standard radio show Get with uh, a bunch of weird ass sound effects. Oh, like, boing, 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 boing. oh, and then we get like the. <laughs> yeah. Um. So all right. So uh, yeah, man, that was speaking of annoying ass noises and just wanting to kill yourself. Matrix Resurrections. Whoa! <laughs> Bingo! Oh my god! So, so uh, yeah, describe this movie to me. Describe summarize. Describe it. it. Oh my god, if I had to, you get an alien and you're just like, here you go, you're gonna watch. (laughs) Yeah, it's you feed an AI all the Matrix movies and then you ask it to uh, Uh, recite it back to you. So, the Matrix Resurrections, uh, Wachowski sisters film, or Um, just Lana? Just Lana. Just Lana. Lana. Lily Wachowski had nothing to do with it. So, I'm kind of curious as the. Now, wait, did both of them. Get sex changed or just Lana? Both of them are trans women. Okay. So, and I'm wondering if maybe they got the wrong Wachowski to direct this. Um, (laughs) So, it it surfaces up to 50 years after the Matrix happened. Uh, It's like, mm, I don't remember the exact timeline. It's It's, a significant amount of time. They do. It's like, because they talked about, well, actually it could be a hundred and something years too, because they said you've only aged 50 years, but it's like, anyways, it's a a good amount past original, the Matrix. Uh And uh, we kind of get back and then we see Neo and we get a little bit taste of the Matrix and it's bringing Neo back in and I watched it twice now. I've had to you go through it this two shit times? twice. Bro, I'm sorry. Um, Why? Actually three times, really. Three times? Uh, well, I'll get into it. Okay. Um, and essentially, and I'm still trying to figure out why they brought Neo back into it. I think it was to help out with the machines and get Trinity back, but I don't think that they needed him or her back in to protect anything because they were already well protected. So, uh, yeah, that's it. And it's a, a huge bunch of member berries, I think they call them. Uh, what's your thing uh, that you called? Um, Dinklehoffs. Dinklehoffs. There's a Dinklehoff in this. There's a couple Dinklehoffs. It's in it, dude. So, anyways, <laughs> let me get. It's, and all right, so Neo's got to get Trinity, and they enter the Matrix to get Trinity. And there you go. That's it. Oh, my God. It, and fucking. Um, so. Did you did you watch this movie at home or in theaters? Okay, so I saw this. I uh, you saw it three times. So let's address that first. I Christmas guess. Eve. Um, Merry Christmas. Yeah. So I hung out with uh, uh, a friend, his his girlfriend, and a bunch of like you know. There's a group of us, you know, uh-huh. eight to ten of us, and we hung out. And uh, I got back home, and it's like I don't know, twelve, twelve thirty, and I was like, I want to watch something. I'm still awake, you know, and I. I'm like, all right. And I'm like, oh, The Matrix. I was like, I didn't realize that came out. I'm going to throw that on. That'll be a nice Christmas treat. <laughs> I got through maybe 
40 minutes to an hour of it kind of fell asleep i mean not on the merits of the movie <laughs> yeah. but like i was just kind of like you were, you were worn out yeah exactly so i was like not fair i'm gonna turn it on tomorrow and kind of see where i and i found out i got like 40 50 minutes into the thing which i was kind of impressed with but then i throw it back on and i'm watching it again and this time i'm awake and i'm like i wish i was asleep took a nap <laughs> I fell asleep and I was dozing in and out of this thing from so, the content of the movie. Oh my dude! And so then, um, Justin was uh, Justin came over, so we were hanging out, and I was like, "Dude, I got to watch this for the podcast." I was like, well, "Have you seen it?" He goes, "No." I, go, All right. I was like, "Let's watch this. I can actually see it in the full viewing of it. See if it's really at." So Christmas Eve night, I was doing the rating in my head. Like I kind of, as soon as it popped on, I got it. I put, I'm going to put this at a 6.5 and drop it down, you know, or yeah. up or depending on how good it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. I ended at a 6.1 in my head. IMDB. That was my guess on what it would be on IMDB. Okay. I looked it up 5.9. Nice. So like, I was Damn. like, God, but like, and I thought I was kind of being bad to it. If you were on like Price is Right, you, I mean, you still would have been over, but you would have been so close that the audience would have gone like, oh. Yeah. You know? I was like, there, it's just, it is so mediocre. And like, anyways. Right? I don't want to. Did you see it in theaters or at home? I saw it in theaters. You went? Second movie I saw by myself in theaters. I've got a bad track record of Dude, that, by the way, because the other one was Eternals. And, uh, oh, that's, I got to watch that too for, oh, fuck. <laughs> um so i i saw this and i sat through it and i didn't really check my phone as much as i did eternals i will say that like as as far as like a production goes i would say eternals is probably the better movie as far as like entertainment i think i liked matrix a little bit more and that's not saying a whole lot because i still thought that this movie was a drag but i didn't think it was as much of a drag as eternals i there are points where it's kind of it goes fast and then it slows down. It, yeah, the pacing is just all over the place. Oh my god, the whole fucking movie is. What do you mean, <laughs> the pa- like, dude? All right, so my it's thoughts, indicative of the rest of the real movie. quick. Just I'm gonna, I watch this and my thoughts on this are Lana Wachowski fucking hates whatever production company this is for bringing Warner it back. Brothers. Warner. They they name drop Warner Brothers in the movie. Yeah. They say there's a line in the movie specifically that says Warner Brothers is making us do a sequel to The Matrix. Thank you. And like I think that she just said if I have to make this piece of shit, like here I'm going to give you a giant piece of shit. Well, I guess so the way it was in like the behind the scenes for this movie was I guess Lana like the both their parents died. Um yeah their parents died i think pretty much around the same time i think they had like cancer or something and so that was like a huge uh impact on like their life and their like mental health and stuff so so the wachowskis they uh um they expressed like no interest in making the sequels to the matrix after revolutions i think right is what it's called revolutions the third one yeah the third one yeah so they had like no interest in making those and then their parents died and so like lana was really affected by it obviously so then she she said that she wanted to bring those characters back because it was like the closest that she could get to bringing her parents back yeah it was like a familiarization of these people that she like knew because obviously like she created them right and so Essentially, it was like the closest thing she could get to like bringing her parents back. I guess that's why it's called the Matrix Resurrections. Oh, okay. Um, 
So like a little behind the scenes there of like why they kind of did it. And also the fact too, that Warner brothers was pressing them to make more matrix movies because obviously they were, oh, it's a huge sell. They were huge sellers. Right. They were big financial successes despite the critical performances of the last two movies. So there was kind of like a mixed bag of reasons why this movie got made. A lot of it had to do with like personal reasons, but then also the fact that Warner Brothers as a studio was like, hey, if you want to make more Matrix stuff, we won't say no. And so, I don't know, just kind of different That's factors going on. That's what it felt on. like. It felt like awful. <laughs> this movie, <laughs> this movie felt bad. Um, and it was bad. So, okay, the biggest problem I have with this movie yep. is that tonally, it feels nothing like the other films because say what you will about the sequels to the original matrix, right? Two and three. They still, at least they feel visually and stylistically cohesive to the first one. And they, 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 they keep up the same theme. Yeah. Like it's the same storyline, the same thread, um, going back and forth between like that original matrix and Zion or like the human world with the machines or whatever. Like even those two, like I felt like are like they made the Matrix, and then Warner was like, "You guys got to crank out, you know, some more of these things." Like mm -hmm. maybe they did have it in their plans to make three of them, and that's how storyboarding they did it. But I was even thinking about that. I was like, "Why the fuck do they introduce Zion? Like, why is this, you know?" Right, and which Zion in itself is kind of lame, and yeah. in comparison to the world of the Matrix that they've built uh, so, in the other movies, yeah, um, and so. With this movie, it's just even more set apart because, like, the Matrix itself doesn't even feel like the original Matrix. It just feels like some generic world that they're in where, like, everything just looks normal awful. and boring and bland. And there's no, like, style there that connects it to the other movies. And I don't know what the decision behind that was. I don't know if they just, like, um, were like, we're doing this new thing, so we're going to make it this new thing. And it just doesn't. It doesn't come across well at all. No, it's no. It doesn't it, it, do anything. It looks it's, like just this standard action movie that you would see come out. Not even that good of an action movie. And okay, that's the second part that I wanted to get into was the action itself because that's that scene specifically when uh, Neo and like the crew like they go back into the Matrix after they like pull him out. Yeah, they go back into it and then they're confronted by Agent Smith, who's like. In, an even lamer version of Agent Smith than he is in like the other movies because he's not Hugo Weaving he's like somebody else and yeah. so when uh, they go back to that and the fight breaks out between all of them and there's like all these different like one on one like two on one fights going on and all this like mayhem you can barely tell like what's happening like alright is this person fighting this person like what is exactly going on here what's like the motivation for why they're fighting and you can kind of get like oh agent smith hates him because he's agent smith but then like these other characters come out like they bring back the french guy oh dude the, from the second movie uh the i forget his name he's like the i remember he's the one that like kidnapped the key master or whatever yeah, no he was the in second. the second one. He was the mayor of Vinci. yeah yeah the the I, I I always I thought they called him like the Frenchie or something. They could have. I just remember him as like the the Merovingian. They they he had because they had it was like the Merovingian or something like that. And then they had the Keymaster and the like the second one was everyone with an article in front of their name, like mm -hmm. their role in the Matrix. Yeah. So like what they do to preserve it in the second one, like I thought, and I don't. Yeah. 
Well, it, and it's, it's like they bring him back, and he's like in that action scene, but he really he doesn't do anything. He's no, just his, there shouting at him. His purpose was like to sit there and and talk about. Uh, so I, dude. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you remember a little more than me. No, I had such the reason I had such a hard time. I didn't like this. I kind of liked it, and I didn't. I'll say that much because I think it. A lot of the times felt like Lana just was holding up her middle finger to the production company, to mm. Warner, because that scene alone, they're fighting. They bring all you have all the stimuli going on while they're fi- they're going. You know, you got nine bodies. Everyone they bring, and the Merovingi just sitting there, and he's he's walking back and forth, and he's pacing, and he's talking about the problem with the world today, and with kids, and with people on their phones, and not paying attention to what's really going on, and how that he. He might have been like a metaphor or like... Um, um, oh, so he was kind of a commentary dump, basically. Exactly. Saying like, this. I used to be this like important person, and now with all this other shit going on, you guys can't even focus on the fucking thing, and that's why I'm here now. This is why I'm on this stoop peddling this, because, dude, it was so... That's what I'm telling you. I couldn't... Everything in this, I, I just felt like she didn't give a fuck. It didn't help that the scene felt like it was bombarding me with like sensory overload, with like all the different quick cuts and like the camera angles and like the really sloppy action going on. It was I awful. Barely I barely mean, yeah, understand what was happening. That and then the zombies. Like, let's do a zombie thing yeah. in here. Like the horde. Like, dude, like what I'm, was up with that? The zombies. <laughs> zombies stopped being popular in like 2013. That's, I'm telling like. <laughs> There's so much shit in here that like it just really seems like I'm gonna do a grab ass. I'm gonna pull a theme out of a hat, and we're just gonna do it. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna make it somewhat meta too. Like let's have us, I wanna, let's have Neo mm. be from the Matrix. Remember the Matrix, make a game about the Matrix, and then go back into the Matrix. Like I want to talk about that that whole meta air quotes aspect of I don't this even, movie yeah. that they like introduce for like the first 30 minutes of it or whatever where like Neo's making these games that are called the Matrix so when he's talking about the Matrix to people it's like a reference to the movies in the real world and yeah they're like oh you the the first Matrix was a hit ah the sequel's not so much or like whatever they say they're doing the group think yeah like yeah the marketing what, what's Matrix all about bullet time slow motion which by the way those two things in this movie they couldn't even get right in the in the action scenes that come later why do you um <laughs> why do you think why do you think they do you, do why you do think I they, think do you think they couldn't do that like do you think that she didn't know how to do that. I don't know why she wouldn't because she worked on the first three movies. That's what which, I'm, I mean, say what you will about the sequels, but at least the action in those movies, for the most part, was well choreographed and looked interesting. Right. Like, I don't understand why it looked so generic and bad in this movie. And the freaking, the way that Keanu Reeves does that whole thing where he pushes his arms out and makes a force field, oh. it's so cheap and lazy to me. Like, we know Keanu Reeves can do action. Like yeah. we know that he can, he puts in the work for any movie that he's in, and he's willing to like get down and like Uh-oh. do most of his own stunts. So why would you, Keanu. why why <laughs> why would you relegate his character's like final awesome move to like that lame ass like push his hands out and like make this force field redirect the missile into the helicopter kind of thing? It looks boring and bland, and I don't understand the decision behind it. I don't either. I didn't realize that that was the end of, like the movie was ending when that happened. Like 
that's how bad it was. Is that like when those things happen, you're supposed to have this awe inspire. Like when he flies and he catches Trinity. Yeah. That whole setup is fucking unreal. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about the movie starts, you don't know what's going to happen. And all of a sudden it's like he won't get there. He won't get there. You know, and then boom, fucking does it. It's yeah. like, holy shit. Like, even as bad as that is, there are moments in that in those films where you're like, man, like, oh, that's awesome. Well, and that's the thing, too, with, like, the sequels to the original. It, like, you know, they're not great. Obviously, they, they have, have, like, moments. they're heavily flawed. But you can give them credit for certain aspects. Like, the 100%. action in the second one is really good at the end of the movie. Even, I mean, even when they get into, like, the, they're picking up the Key Master and they're kind of fighting with the, in the, the Himalayas. The twins or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and they're fighting in the Himalayas. I mean, I know that there's, like, a lot of, you know, string pulling and whatnot, but mm-hmm. it's still, it, it, there was not, maybe not visionary, but at least they tried. At least you could comprehend what was happening. Oh my god! Yeah, and this it one, didn't look sloppy. It looked tight and planned out and choreographed really well. This one was just like, eh, just swing your arms or some bullshit, and we'll film it maybe. I oh my god, what notes? So I wrote down. I wrote. I was writing down notes. All right. So <laughs> hit me. Hit me with some of your notes. You want? All right. So the first thing I put down: uh, satire? Question mark. Like I kind of felt like this was Lana just going like, all right. So I did these three. I don't want to make this one. They're making me make it. Like, maybe she did want to do the thing with Neo and Trinity. Like, I don't know. But it really... That's why I put satires. Like, I think she's kind of poking fun at what she had done previously. Or they had done previously. You know? It's like, let's take everything that was good that really defied, like, what we were... Because this movie almost was, like, a, a Matrix. Like, they mo- they made it as in it was the Matrix. Not, like, outside of it where Neo was going. But that, like, we were in it, mm. you know, and that it was kind of like, let's just pull everything that would have happened in the Matrix that people want, and we'll just thrust it in here. So that's why I couldn't tell, like, if there's satire behind it or if it was planned out, because it's almost like ingenious if you live in that realm of it, you know, where you're like, oh shit, like, what if this was designed to make me feel like all this, like, sheesh you know like water 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 tech boards you know like all the advertising conditioning stimuli that go on in the world and like that's what we're supposed to feel and it's not necessarily getting neo out Mm. but us being in it because that's what it fucking felt like (laughs) um i don't know man that might be giving him too much credit wait that's why i put satire because that what that that's when i that's why i get in i think i think they made it and we're like this to warner bros like fuck you middle we'll finger just, yeah like we'll just you know uh there are scenes of zombie fighting the the what'd you call it the the narfunkel the oh the dinkelhoff the dinkelhoff on the ship the narfunkel i couldn't <laughs> think of what you called it but i was like there's a dinkelhoff like in every like poorly constructed films i'm like why are there just dinkelhoff so yeah um how many like you got more notes I'm assuming. Oh, dude, uh, I got. If you want to touch on whatever you want to touch on, just... so I just really wanted to quickly bring up the uh, the Jada Smith character. Oh she oh. was like so bad that it was kind of really funny. Oh. Like, the, okay, so they bring Niobe back from the second and third movies. She in the original trilogy was like Lawrence Fishburne's love interest, kind of like Morpheus's love interest. They had a back and forth, and she was really like. The person that you kind of had the most connection with in, like, the the Zion world, I guess. Yeah. Um, And so she in this movie, like, time passes in, like, the world of, like, Zion with, like, the humans and the machines. And she's, like, super old. And 
she has like this makeup on that makes her look old and she's walking around like she's an old frail lady and she's like neo i remember the words morpheus said to me and it comes across so cartoonishly bad that i just couldn't help but laugh (laughs) oh awful i didn't even i saw her i was like that can't be jada and i was like is she like and like you know it's makeup but it's like how old is she that they have to make her look that old like she's not she's like the same age as like carrie ann moss and keanu reeves i'm pretty sure maybe even like a little bit younger yeah like just right there with them because they all made it at the same time it's like okay you try to make her like this old like almost oracle type figure but it just you know that she's not that old in real life and it comes across as so disingenuous and then they try to make her like this like opposing figure to like the heroes in the movie where she's like you you went under you went behind my back and freed Neo and I told you not to but you did it anyway and I like that Neo's back but I'm gonna punish you <laughs> sort of thing. One hundred points to Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, minus five points to Gryffindor. Yeah. Like. Yeah, she's freaking Dumbledore. <laughs> so well, that was just like one of those things where like, uh oh my god. You escaped. She was like, "What do you? That you? They escaped. You freed them. Who wants to volunteer?" Well, because like, yeah, and then like this, she steps up. I was like, "I was gonna make you go anyways." Yeah, and yeah, just like, like, all right, why are you being petty? It was so. <laughs> oh my god! Not only that, but I'm like, watch. I was like, oh, so bad. Like, not even clever. Like, all right, like great. And then everyone else. Uh, but I thought that was kind of fun because I think in the third one, no one stepped up when Morpheus went. It was like they forced one more guy to go. Yeah. Remember? And then so this time they all kind of like here we're in it for Neo. Well, and it's like Neo comes back and she knows that he's like this really important figure. And like he basically sacrificed himself in the last movie, which I mean really didn't matter with this movie now. It kind of cheapened the sacrifice that he made at the end of the third one. And he's like, I like that you're back, and I I missed you. Anyway, uh, here's this room that you can't leave. (laughs) She puts him on this room with a balcony, and then the people are like fly up to him, and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna get you out of here anyway." I'm telling you, lazy. (laughs) It wasn't even like clever. Like none of the shit. Like it's like then Morpheus just shows up after they introduce. Like oh, the beads can pop in here. Like why did they? Okay, why did they replace Morpheus's actor? Why did they replace Lawrence Fishburne? That's my question because Lawrence Fishburne has said that like he would have done this movie if they had asked him to be in it, but yeah, because they didn't want to do it, and they're like, we don't want anyone that to, to be genuine in this thing. Well, like, uh, uh, like still though, like the the person that they get to replace him as the character of Morpheus is so personality devoid and dry and just you didn't like him? Not really. No, oh. I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was pretty bland compared to Lawrence Fishburne's character in the other ones where he's like kind of got that snarkiness about him and he's a little rebellious, but he's also like really adamant that Neo's the one and he's got that high amount of faith in him. That's just totally absent from this other character. And they like make him these like nano machines because he's not really a person in the real world. He's like an AI basically like an yeah that's why I mean I like the guy I thought he was I mean like I liked it I thought he was personable I don't know but I don't I, I wasn't was... expecting him to be like Morpheus so yeah I thought I don't know I didn't really like him I too mean much. I, I did, you don't have that's what I'm saying it's agree to disagree I didn't you know film I didn't really care about I mean it was like the one thing <laughs> that I was like the one shining light <laughs> not even then I was just like man that guy kind of made it fun like when he throws on a suit and they meet up in the bathroom if um 
time to fly. Yeah. And that's actually my favorite thing. <laughs> All that happens with him. He's like handing him drugs. <laughs> maybe, like, uh, maybe upon a rewatch that I'll never do. Uh, no, <laughs> you don't have to. It's not. And it, it, listen, I'm always saying that because it's like it was the opposite of uh, Morpheus in the first ones. And I was like, I guess I like that aspect of that perspective on it, you know. But okay, but it's no one's getting credit here. This is not <laughs> fucking like something. Yeah. Um. So basically, uh, this movie. I, I give it credit only like mostly for the fact that like I like Keanu Reeves as an actor like just I love him I love the yeah. guy he's my favorite um, and I've not it's not been a secret here on the Neon Crew podcast you know it's it's something that is very well known amongst the community um, that I am a big Keanu Reeves fan and so just him being in the movie I'm like uh, at least I like him as a person so I can you know he might not be the best actor in the world but him him as like a human being i can get some entertainment out of and just enjoy watching on the screen you know yeah and uh i didn't think carrie ann moss was like bad at all um if anything like they they just kind of like it felt like her character was just shoehorned in but i think she did what she could with like the material and like the the stuff that they gave her uh and also i didn't know if you noticed this but um her husband in the movie, like in the in the Matrix, um, the guy with the gray hair, mm-hmm. that is Chad Stahelski. He directed all three John Wick movies, and he was Keanu, oh, really? yeah, he was Keanu Reeves's stuntman on the original Matrix. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that was kind of like a neat little uh, cameo that I saw. I think I, was I like, read that Keanu said he wasn't gonna do the film unless that guy could get in it. Maybe. They have a good uh, they have a good friendship, which is why the John Wick movies have kept going and uh, why for they're sure. he's like yeah anything you want my man why why they're passionate about it they kind of waited for the right script to come along as an excuse to work together for when the John Wick the first John Wick movie got made excuse me um, but anyway just a neat little Easter egg that I saw that I was like hey it's, it's the John Wick director guy I I really like him That's he's cool still, yeah um, no I don't know that guy that well so yeah but. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's great. Um, but no, there, I'm trying to think of a, of something I like <laughs> other than Keanu Reeves. There's not, uh, there was, I thought the scene where the bodies are falling out of the buildings were kind of I, funny. I, I suspected as much. I was literally <laughs> watching that. And I was like, Kyle's going to get some enjoyment out of this. It, it was reminded a, me of the happening. I mean, it, <laughs> when the bodies are falling, you mean the, um, the, the M night movie. They their bodies dropping out of that. I was thinking of uh, the day after the the tomorrow war. Oh yeah, that too. When they're like falling from the portal. Yeah. Oh god. Um. Yeah. No, I just thought that that part was like just kind of hilarious. I, was I like, had a little bit of a snick. Like when the guy's like sitting there and then he transforms. He just hurls him out of the. Yeah. He just like the first himself time out of the window. The first time he does it, you're like what the? And then all of a sudden you realize like oh they're human dive bombers. Yeah. Yeah. Or well you know see whatever um what did you think of uh we can wrap this up here pretty soon but what did you think of nph as the villain i liked him i thought he was i i I, so this movie it to have a therapist in that position that he was in is really bizarre to me Mm -hmm. especially with uh what the wachowskis are probably going through mentally Mm. so i thought that was it was peculiar uh occupation uh, yeah or vocation it definitely you know? like i mean it the this 
purpose that he served in the beginning was to kind of like acknowledge that sort of meta aspect that they were going for. Yes. Um, and then later, of course, he becomes like the main villain of the movie. And so he's the reason why like the Matrix is well, existing still. It's so it's peculiar to me, too, because Neo is the the hero mm-hmm. of the film. Right. Almost. You, it could make a almost a case for trinity yeah i was gonna say trinity Um, is kind of like the figure that they're trying to break free from the matrix and so like she's kind of the neo of this matrix in a way and that's where i thought it was kind of weird where you're like anyway i mean i thought it was just odd that it was uh, it was a therapist dealing with the hero of the film trying to keep them from the matrix getting back into the out of the matrix yeah keeping them from like figuring it out i I guess felt like it was very it was personal i think i kind of saw it coming with the way that like his blue framed glasses and like how everything in his office was like tinted blue and how he had to keep taking like these blue pills you know it was just kind of like oh you i kind of saw it coming that he was going to be like a, a, a opposing force to keanu reeves yeah uh eventually i just didn't know in what capacity psychologically yeah Uh, and then of course they try to do the agent smith thing but they couldn't get hugo weaving back because of scheduling conflicts so they cast this young guy and he's like i'm back too but i'm even more handsome and perfect than ever so guys like people liked him i because i was reading a couple reviews did they i I, so that guy he's in mind hunters i can't remember the character's name he's a young up-and-coming actor i like him as a as an actor He's been in some stuff, and I mean, it's not bad. As an actor, just... he's not terrible, but I mean, I think just the character was mishandled. Oh, a hundred percent. I didn't really, I didn't care for it at all. I mean, how about the fucking what it, is it? How do you say it? Deus, Deus, Deus Ex Machina. I mean, Deus Ex Machina. Deus Ex Machina. I mean, probably not up to that code, but like, you know what? Me and you always fight. I don't want to see a diet. I'm gonna get him. <laughs> yeah. Hey. hey. He like becomes that's like, how the shit works sometimes, and just like walks out. Yeah, like the enemy of my enemy sort of thing. Kinda. Yeah, but it's just totally like un- like out of left field. Like okay, at least there's a little bit of a buildup in the first Matrix with all that's going on between the machines and yeah, the real and the, world and, and how Agent Agents Smith is yeah, just kinda, like becoming a virus. He can fit into that and how that, that works out between like this is how we help each other is mm. take... I didn't get that sense at all in this. And then he just <laughs> pops up, helps out, and it's like, fuck you, we'll fight again. And like <laughs> leaves. And it's like not even like shake of like we're friends or you know like hey yeah. man like it you just kind of felt like they shoehorned it in because they wanted to get the character of agent smith back even though they couldn't get Dude, the actor back yeah so the whole fucking like even his line was just like it was just like it felt like a checkbox of things that they wanted to do it's like okay we got to get morpheus we got to get agent smith yeah. We got to get the French guy from the second one for some reason. For some bizarre, so he can do a commentary on the on society. Like it just, it felt like it was just like a lot of like. Uh, I don't. My closing thoughts are: it felt like it was just like a lot of social commentary that just uh, went nowhere. Well, crippled with uh, some of the things that Lana was probably like. What the? I'm guessing when she made the first Matrix, or they did. There was a lot going on in their brain about how they felt about the world and what was acting on them, which is why you oh, have I'm so sure. much, you know, stimuli and conditioning that they talk about in the first Matrix, right? Yeah, With, absolutely. Right. So in this one, there's no passion behind it. 
So like everything that they did, it was just kind of a money grab. So you have all it, these like if there weird... was, it doesn't come across. Yeah, agreed. Because I don't want to take that away. I mean, it could have right. been where you'd say, I mean, because of of her parents, maybe that's where she was ultimately trying to get to about how none of this, or like I said, she might have put us into the matrix, Mm-mm. and that was it. You know, uh, optimistically, that is a good way of looking at it. I'm not that optimistic of a person as far as this movie goes, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you, you, the listeners, tell us. You yeah. Tell us if you felt like if there were a Matrix out there, if you felt like you were fucking in it and were looking for that phone. Did you, did you feel like Chad Stahelski? Were you getting cucked by Keanu Reeves? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> so, anyway, do, do you like Neil Patrick Harris? Did you, you, um, you dug him or are you just I another mean, character that you're like, Feh. I'm not like I'm not annoyed by him as an actor, and I thought his character was fine. Yeah. I guess it was just kind of one of those things where like, really, NPH is the villain. I don't know. It just kind of feels weird for the sake of being think it's, weird. It's like we're just gonna make the therapist the villain. This is uh, before it was you know the gov- like capitalism that was taking us down. Now it's the people that are trying to help us take us down. Yeah, yeah. It was. I don't know. He played yeah. a he played a good I guess therapist. Um, as far as a main villain goes, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, compared, you know, for compared the to, therapist, I thought he fit right in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The world of, uh, clinical psychology. So if this were on my, the, is it a parabola or a par- it's a parabola? I'm going to call it a parabola. A pair of bolas, a pair of Ebola. A pair of Ebola. Mm. Uh, if there was a pair of Ebola, it would be like a negative four i think i think there's interesting it just falls shy of fun and entertaining and it's just bad yeah like i agree like that's where it's at like it's just there's it's on the cusp but they just do too much shit (laughs) to make it not enjoyable and it's just not well made Mm. and there's just way too much going on that's my take on it okay uh as far as uh my rating goes i give it a four out of ten that's uh feels appropriate yeah i was thinking about bumping it down to a three but this movie i can stand more than something like the tomorrow war or red notice for example well it it, granted yeah they it made me think i'll say that much (laughs) it made me think this movie if you think about it though it really makes you think though (laughs) so yeah that's uh that's it for the matrix resurrections Uh, i guess you want to move on to uh our uh question that we posed for the audience yes so so uh uh, you want to take it away do 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 no i'll let you um i was just gonna say uh uh uh, no i was gonna say do we we, are we only allowed to say one like our our guiltiest pleasure the Um, other the other criteria too that i kind of thought about i was like you know what else is a guilty pleasure a movie that you need to stop watching when you need to watch other films. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, you're watching this movie again? There's yeah. so much better stuff like, out there. My guilty pleasure in that sense would be The Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I was thinking what we could do is we could, like... Uh, so the question that we posed for uh, Facebook and online in general, I guess, is uh, <laughs> what is your guilty pleasure movie and why, I guess? Um some people didn't say why, but that's okay. Uh, so I figured what we'd do is we'd read their responses, kind of commentate on them a bit, and then 
at the end of all that, we can say like our guilty pleasure movie or movies. Um, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. People like hearing feedback. So uh, I guess we'll start with uh, my mom. Oh. My mom left a comment. Uh, she says that her guilty pleasure movie is Sharknado. All of them. Uh, 12? Uh, there's like five or six of them, I think. Uh, wow. Yeah. Never seen them. They're, they're like the asylum style, like sci-fi movies. I mean, I know what, yeah, I know yeah. what they are, but. They're, uh, you know, they've got some value in terms of like, yeah, they're bad. And uh, <laughs> you but can make fun of how so bad they bad, are. It's so bad, it's good. But, like, here's the thing, right? The first, like, two movies are kind of like that. Like, they're so bad, it's good. The By the third movie, you can tell that they just really are trying too hard to be bad. bad. Yeah, like, we're, we're not, we weren't being schlocky because we were giving an honest effort. Like, we're, it's just schlocky because we're trying to make it schlocky. Yeah, I think that Shark... That's bad schlocky. Well, like, Sharknado, they, like they realized that people were ironically enjoying the first movie. So they were like, we can make so much money if we just pump out more. And we like pretend to be like that. But by a certain point, you can kind of tell like uh, what they're going for. And it becomes a little transparent. Oh my God. Reminds me of one in uh blue mountain state when uh, the, the uh, house mascot mm-hmm. becomes a mascot, but he gets like a, like a, like a penis thing put on his mascot and like chicks want to bang him, right? But by like the end of the episode, he's just turned into this whore. <laughs> like he's got an eye hanging out. This is an interesting show. Like, <laughs> I'm say, huh? Blue Mountain State. Oh yeah, you know what? it's yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not that great. It's about a football team, but anyways, and it's just really, but it's funny because they are fucking meatheads. Uh, uh, gotcha. So anyways, it's it remi- that that kind of reminds me of like like at first your heart's into it. And it's like oh man, this is such a great idea, but then you do it so many times, you just turn into this colossal fuck. Mm. You know, where it's just I yeah, mean, they're doing it for the, money, the, and it's the same sentiment. That's what like it's just a st- like by the now not because I think I from what I've heard the first two or three are like good maybe well bad good well i mean know? they're enjoyable yeah i think it, they kind of get repetitive so your mom like she's one. like even if you threw the sixth one on she'd have just as much enjoyment as it from the first uh probably maybe hmm. maybe not as much as the first couple movies but yeah. you know it's still there so yeah. yeah that's what she says and then uh kaylin says ghost in the shell the 2017 live action one i never actually watched it Ghost so, in the shell the one with uh scarlett johansson oh yeah it had a little bit of controversy because um she killed a guy on set <laughs> yeah that's exactly it <laughs> no it's um it's because uh ghost in, in the shell is like a it's a manga or like an anime mm-hmm. it's based off like this japanese property so People were upset because Scarlett Johansson is obviously not Japanese. Oh, yeah. So people were accusing it of being, like, uh, whitewashing sort of thing. Regardless of, like, whatever you feel about that. It, who would you have put in that role? Who would I have put? Um, I mean, I don't really know exactly. I don't know the I don't know the Ghost in the Shell story, so I can't properly say, I guess. Um, I guess if I had to go with, like, instinct and the most accurate... I wanted to be uh, Will Smith, probably. Yes. Um, uh, CGI'd or live? Uh, obviously CGI. We want the irony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the live action. Because there's going to be CGI anyway, so they might as well just go all out, right? True. Mm. I like it. Yeah. Uh, so that would be my pick. But uh, It's very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch that movie? Ghost in the Shell? Yeah. 
No, but I, I have an idea because I'm kind of seeing Scarlet's. Um, that's who I was going to guess when you were saying who did that. Because uh, I'm seeing a blonde haired gal. Oh. Was, oh. I think she had black hair. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. Um, are you thinking of like a, an actress to play? No, isn't she like in a white costume with black hair? It's like, uh, I mean, she's I mean she's white in the movie, I'm pretty sure. And yeah, so, I would guess. Yeah. That'd be bad if they did anything else. <laughs> then I could see a lot of controversy. Right. Gosh. Uh, Tropic Thunder situation. <laughs> uh, so, Drew... <laughs> Drew has uh, has one for us. Our good boy, our boy Drew, Andrew. Yeah, you got your cardboard cutout here, Drew. He says, uh, "Cat in the Hat, 2003," oh, yeah. and he has a list of reasons why. I did, yeah. I, I <laughs> read them off. So okay, he says, "Childhood nostalgia, mm-hmm. Mike Myers in a cat costume." So I think Drew's a furry. Uh, can be viewed as a comedy or horror film. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, color scheme similar to that of a Wes Anderson movie. Very true. Yeah, probably like uh, Life Aquatic or something. Yeah. Uh, best cat film ever made. I don't know about that. Have you seen Tom Hooper's Cats? Uh, really? The, the I was musical? thinking Milo and Otis. Oh, that's a whole other issue. That that movie right there. Because I'm a Homeward Bound don't. kid. Oh, yeah. There it is again. Well, I don't want to get into okay. the whole PETA thing. Yeah, I was going right. to say, Let's not... at least Homeward Bound didn't abuse the animals. Yeah, well, they that... were fucking talking, and animals can't fucking talk. <laughs> <laughs> they made it work in Homeward Bound. Yeah, there Milo were so many safety measures in that movie. Milo that and Otis going back any and kind forth. of animal abuse Are you whatsoever. Me two hours of adventure with those two? When you were a kid, you had no idea what PETA was. I, everyone wants to gripe about what happened 20 years ago. Listen, I'm not... Laws were changed, <laughs> all right, for rightfully so, but I'm, at the time... I'm not here to argue about the, uh, the, the, the quality of story with each movie or, like, <laughs> the ignorance of, of childhood perception going yeah, on with during that talking time with talking versus, animals in movies yeah i'm talking, talking about the ethical merits of shooting a movie where they don't kill animals in order to make the story work <laughs> like uh that's, that's something that you cannot allegedly. say that's something that allegedly. you cannot allegedly no it happened yeah, well, how do we know it didn't happen in Homeward Bound? Because they detailed all the safety measures you that they went snuff, through. You know what a snuff film is? Yes, I know what a snuff then film is. Then how do we know that it didn't happen with any one of those creatures? Because they made a detailed description of the shooting process of Homeward Bound That's, as a movie. Yeah, yeah. So, it's got a 44 caliber, and they took a dog <laughs> no, out to a shed. No. The shooting process has probably got three parts. Then you're the thinking dog, of the wrong kind of shooting. <laughs> Jesus, Kyle. (laughs) I will defend Homeward Bound in my dying breath, which, you know, is something that I would have in common with the animals in Milo and Otis. Yeah. A dying breath. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, uh, cinematography from Oscar winning Emmanuel Lubeski, which I did not know for Cat in the Hat. Who directed Cat in the Hat? Drew Burton? Directed? Yeah. Uh, Drew Burton. Who's that? Not Drew Burton. What am I? Aunt, uh, Burton. Tom. Tom Bur- Tom Bergeron? What? Tim Burton? Tim Burton. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> Who's that now? What were we talking about? Cat in the hat. Fucking research. Are you kidding me? How about, research me how to get a new brain. Um, 
The guy's name is Bo Welch. I've never heard of this man before. Does he spell it B-O-B? Uh, and the B silent? It's B-O. Mm. So it's Apostrophe. Robert W. Bo Welch the third, And uh, his f- no filmography... So he did The Color Purple from 1985. Oh, okay. He did Edward Scissorhands, I guess. Really? Um, I thought that was Tim Burton, too. I guess... Oh, no, that was Tim Burton. What the hell was... What? What was he on? Oh, as a production designer. Okay, yeah. never mind. Um, as a... Hey, Bo, you finally got your okay, chance. Okay, okay, okay. He's only directed four things. Um, Shocking. This movie called Secret Agent Man from 2000. Agent or Asian? Agent. Okay. Um, uh, the Tick. Two episodes of The Tick, like the old 2000 series. Um, the Cat in the Hat. Mm-hmm. Which was nominated for the Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Director, by the way. Um, and then uh, five episodes of that series of Unfortunate Events movie. Lemony Snickets? Or a show that came out on Netflix, I think. Yeah, Lemony Snicket. And uh, those are the only things that he's ever directed. So it's not a uh, not a great yeah. uh, telling. But I guess a cinematographer, he, he for Cat in the Hat, he also did Birdman, The Revenant, and Gravity. He was a what now? The cinematographer. Lead. Huh? Bo? No, no, no. The Emmanuel Lebesky. Oh. Sorry, sorry. Um, no, that guy, I don't, Bo didn't do jack shit. But Emmanuel, yeah. I guess he's uh, got a nice resume for maybe he was doing it for he a friend on. or something where he's <laughs> it like, was a oh, favor yeah he lost a bet it's yeah instead of sucking dick he's like <laughs> you can shoot the cat in the hat he's like oh i'd rather be sucking off dudes right now <laughs> yeah, you know like halfway through that thing that movie and i'm i mean i've seen it once or twice preston really liked this i kind of i saw it once i think we were we'd watch it a little bit because he got into his cat in the half phase when he's like two or three Mm. So I, you know, we kind of watched that, and there, there's a couple. You got some raunchy moments in it. I was gonna say, I'm surprised that you. <laughs> I mean, I guess he won't remember I hadn't anything. Seen, I'd never seen it until like I watched it with him. He's not gonna know what's going on. But like, I'm watching. I was like, you're like, thank God he's young enough to oh, forget this. Yeah, there's some politically incorrect stuff here, and then like with <laughs> yeah. the mom, like <laughs> there's some. And then Baldwin, like Paris Hilton's in the movie too. She's like in the club in uh, the dance scene. There's a. Cl- oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, it's like. He goes into like this small box and it's like this giant club. It's like kind of a Doctor Who. Oh, uh, it might have maybe Nicole Richie was there with thing. him too or whatever. And yeah. It, yeah. Anyways, all right. <laughs> that's that's all we have to say about Cat in the Hat. Uh, Justin says, Need for Speed. I love Michael Keaton in it especially. So the movie with Aaron Paul that yeah. he did like right after Breaking Bad ended, it was like the first movie he was in. Yeah. It um, was, we were talking about it and uh, he's like, uh, I mean, he just, he liked, you know, he liked it and he likes Aaron Paul and he liked it. Keaton was in it. I guess Keaton was good. I've only seen a couple, I've only seen a couple scenes from it, mm-hmm. but it, you know, he's like, uh, he's like, you know, it's a, it's a movie based off a video game. So you know what you're going to get. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Uh, you know, I think they just <laughs> grabbed Aaron Paul and I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I feel bad for Aaron Paul. Cause I actually think that was the downside of his career. Was that was oh, the yeah. first big movie that he was gonna get thrust into, and it wasn't a, it wasn't the best choice. No, um, I like this scene. I haven't seen the movie, but I like the scene where uh, he's just screaming in slow motion, and like his mouth is like really wide open. He's like, nah! He's like screaming. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of memed to where like 
people use that as like a reaction photo now oh really yeah nice um it's uh it's really funny uh so levi uh gideon's brother actually oh commented. i did see um so it's gideon's, it's gideon's it's last name um I think we can we can say his last name. Um, well, if you just G- said Gideon Le- Gideon Schlubberby the third, it's Hunter. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I saw no, Levi on there, and I, but I saw the Hunter, and I it's I was Hunter. Like, yeah, I was like, I wonder if that's uh, if it's relation. No, it is. You know? um, he he listens to our podcast, I guess. So uh, shout nice. out to Levi, even though you were roasting me at the Halloween party. Damn, I'm not going to forget on. that. Yeah, hey, um, tr- was that ten years ago? <laughs> no, that was this <laughs> Halloween. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, man, you really don't known, let shit go. <laughs> I was going to say, I haven't known Levi that long. Um, so he says, uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Not seen. That's got the quarterback from uh, Friday Night Lights, though. And it's the only Fast and Furious. I don't think that really fits into Fast and Furious. Uh, I couldn't attest to any of it because I've never watched any of those <laughs> movies. So, but I mean, with the general style of those films and the uh, the way that they have uh, progressed in in the cinematic timeline, I, it makes it, sense why you would say that. I guess. So, from my understanding. Well, I mean, so Fast and Furious came out one and two, right? And it's all about street racing, pink slips, hot, hot kind of like an undercover cop sort of story. Yeah, but more so on the cars and just speed racing. Yeah, I don't think anyone like you, he could have been anything. He could have been a fucking accountant. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> where are those income taxes at? Right. Uh, but no. Uh, so Tokyo Drift came out. And then the big thing was on, like, you take cars around corners and you hit the brakes and yeah. you skid, you know? And right. that was, like... The drift. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if that created the video games or video games preceded that. Because um, there was, like, drifting. And then all of a sudden, Tokyo Drift came out and they literally, I'm pretty sure, just made that one, like, all speed racing around corners <laughs> and fucking, like... They're, like, really going to get this with yeah. the cool lights and so... Uh, but I've never seen it. And I, I'm not a big Fast and Furious guy, though. I think I've only seen one and two. Gotcha. I haven't seen any of them, so you've seen more than me. Not um, to brag. Humble brag. <laughs> Humble brag. Brandon <laughs> oh says uh, yeah. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Um, I have not seen that. It's the second one. Haven't seen that either. It's this. Oh, it's one of the older ones. Yeah, it's. I'm pretty sure it goes. Oh, so yeah. Okay. Mortal Kombat. And I thought Annihilation came after that, and it, I feel like it went straight to. VHS. I remember I remember people saying that that one was particularly bad and I think I might have watched a couple like internet reviews of that movie just for fun um, and yeah it definitely seems like one of those movies that you can get some cheesy almost like so bad it's good enjoyment out of um, oh, I mean it's depending on the time you're at um, I was about to say like Ace Ventura Pet Detective when nature calls I saw that before Ace Ventura mm-hmm. I almost like that one more than Ace Ventura I mean, and I, you know, just because, and I don't think it's any, it's not better than Ace Ventura. Well, <laughs> I mean, I can make an argument. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a debate to be had. Yeah. But I mean, I could see where Brandon would be like, you know, he might've saw that before he saw Mortal Kombat. I've never seen it. So the movies that I haven't seen, I, I don't, I don't, you know. Yeah. There's no, ever, there's no dog in the fight. That's what I'm saying. I've heard that's why they're a guilty pleasure. Cause everyone else has a bad uh, perception around them. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and you enjoy, or what was your two points on guilt? It was. Movies that are known to be bad, but that you enjoy. Oh, There's another. I said, uh, I said that could be a movie you're ashamed of enjoying, or a movie you know is bad but still love. I mean, basically the same thing, kind of just phrased differently. Okay. Um, 
but yeah. So uh, my friend Chris says Scary Movie Three. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Scary Movie Three is fucking fantastic. Fuck. What? <laughs> you don't like Scary? Okay. Story time, right? So this past summer, uh, close to fall, uh-huh. my friends and I went to like this Airbnb thing, kind of just hang out for the weekend, uh, have some fun, you know, that sort of thing. And there was a TV and they were able to cast to it and they were like, or they were able to like look up stuff online to like watch movies. And they were t- like referencing Scary Movie 3 and I'd never seen it before. And they threw it on and I sat there and I watched and I remember I only laughed one time and it was when somebody gets flung out a window and I don't I couldn't even tell you Dude, what you're scene. You're big on like things falling out of things. Um all right. Uh hey everyone, we're back. Uh <laughs> if, you're, if you're confused as to why the tone shifts in the middle of things is because uh I'm a big dummy and I was oh, running dude, this. You couldn't have known that was gonna happen. I was running this file uh, under a uh, under a disc that had like almost no storage whatsoever, uh, which I have to go through and clear out after this for sure. So I uh, the the whole thing just stopped in the middle of us talking, and um, luckily I was able to uh, recover the file and get everything back. So should all still be there but um oh thank Christ. yeah i was very panicked uh for probably a good five minutes <laughs> i would say um maybe a little less than that oh we should have told everyone that we uh we should we had to re-record oh yeah and, yeah uh, you know this was <laughs> what they guess what happened what they and heard if, before is our second take <laughs> yeah and if you guys had known that <laughs> and this is yeah the so, things we do for you man um, so yeah, we were. I love you. I was telling I was telling my story about uh, watching Scary Movie three. Yes. So um, yeah, no, I sat through the whole thing. And laughed once. It was someone falling out of something, and laughed once. Some guy getting chucked out a window. Yep. Um, bursting through the glass. Wilhelm scream. Um, I don't know if that was in there, but um, this movie was essentially um, not not enjoyable for me, at all. Yeah. I I did not I did not like it. <laughs> it's crazy. It was yeah, I know right. Well, how, how old were you when you saw this? I, I saw it for the first time uh, last this past summer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think some of the satir- like those types of movies. I think there's got to be a certain amount of time that passes. Either it passes or you watch it during the time of the satire. Mm-hmm. Like, because that was all like 8 Mile had just come out, Science had just come out. So, I mean, like, you're watching it and it's just, they're really poking fun at things that are relatively fresh in your mind. Yeah. So, like, you kind of see it where maybe, like, not enough time had gone by or I don't know. Maybe. I, mean, I, I, I just thought, just, I just I, thought it was I, stupid. Man. <laughs> And it's not, I put Miracle Whip on my Wonder Bread. Yep. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Chick hat just keeps getting bigger. I don't know. I thought it, I saw it at a time when it was funny, and I'm glad I saw it. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you had that experience. Thank you. I had uh, the opposite. Yeah. Now you're going to get heckled next year at Halloween 2 now, so I hope you're happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Gideon says, Gideon put in an answer. Hey, how about that? Shout out to our boy. Um he said the fault in our stars ain't bad though, which I saw that a while ago, like probably six years ago Cancer? or something. Yeah. 
Um, and I mean, I agree. I enjoyed it at the time. Obviously, I haven't seen it in a while. At the but time, yeah. You're leaving that. You're leaving a little. Uh, I'm leaving, a little like now. I'm leaving possibilities it, for it. In no, it sounds opinion. what it sounds like is a way out now. Like, no, at the time it was good, and now when people are like, "Whoa!" I'm not saying at the time it was good. I'm saying I enjoyed it at the time. That's what I'm saying. Like, are you still so? Are you standing on firm ground that it's a guilty pleasure? Or are you just saying if I view it now, it may not withhold? I can. I'm saying that. Uh, if I watch it now, I'm probably going to have a different view of it than I watched when I watched it six years ago. You know who you sound like? Um, the PR person for Milo and Otis. No, a lot of spinning going on. Listen, here. here's the here's the thing, <laughs> right? Were you you were for Milo and Otis? I was for Homeward Bound. I mean, I might have been five or six. I can't tell you the exact age. Mm, gotcha. We know where our uh, tastes stand. <laughs> Mine is with not abusing animals. Whoa. <laughs> if you had told young Mac, maybe I'd be different. But, of course, at that day and age, I mean, you could just go and kill horses, and everyone thought it was all right. And then, <laughs> what, what are you talking it, about? Ikea would use it. Hor- Dude, in hor- like in movie, like in the 70s and 80s, like if they were using horses for stunts, like they'd break legs. Like really? They, oh, yeah. I didn't Dude, know it was that prevalent. This is, I've heard a lot of stuff. I mean, it still, I think, it was on today. Like it's not it obviously there's huge regulations involved with animal you know safety and mm-hmm. protection. So I mean, I mean like back in the seven, no one cared. That's what I'm saying. In the '90s, like those animals died. I mean, it, and Grant, I'll, let me just say this: No, I'm not. I, I'm definitely <laughs> understanding that this is a very good cause to not have animals killed on set because I mean it's probably tragic to. Could you imagine watching a horse break its leg and then a guy just walk up and be like, sorry, bud. I really can't. It's not something that I can say it. I've seen before. Um, shooting a rainbow. Shooting a rainbow? Yeah, it'd be like shooting a rainbow. Something yeah. that majestic? Something that uh, that spellbinding? I don't know what that is. Spellbinding? Is it a book? You ever watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Whoa, I thought you were going to go with The Fall in Our Stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ever watch uh, Shailene Woodley? Yeah. <laughs> You I ever, did actually. I you watched ever watched the Divergent movies? Yeah, uh, Big Little Lies. I don't know what that is, <laughs> and I won't acknowledge it. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I don't know. I I have experience with that movie, but uh, it upon a rewatch, maybe it'll hold up. Maybe it won't. Not sure. Okay. Um. Have you seen it? Nope. Okay. And Miles Teller's in it too, right? Uh, Fault in Our Stars? No, it's the other. It's the kid from Baby Driver. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. I just know it was like Mandy Moore had one ten years before the Fault in Our Stars, and I I was like, this definitely feels like a carbon copy. Hmm. Um. Hold on, I'll look it up. There you go. That was in eighth grade, by the way, and I was supposed to have a date to that film, and I asked the chick to go, and she said yes, and then like the week leading up to it, it's the first time I ever heard an excuse about why you can't go do a date. And I just took her at face value. What was her excuse? Uh, I don't know. Hanging out with friends, maybe redacted. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, oh man, I was very upset though. I actually worked up the courage, and she said yes, and then she took it all back. I'm sorry. Hold on, let me go. <laughs> Pouring with sympathy. <laughs> I feel so bad. All right, you go on to the next one. All right. I'm, I'm going to look up this Mandy Moore one, and then um, if we could have Gideon watch this one too. 
<laughs> and then we'll do what? I, I want to see. I want to know. In the future. Um, all right. Oh, Lauren. It's a, wa- a walk to remember. Oh, uh, can you show me like a poster? I know th- I've heard the title, but I don't. I can't recognize any of the Shane West, dude. The man. Hmm. Sounds like a cowboy name. Uh, Shane West. Shane West now going into the bull riding uh, arena. He's hold- oh, he held on for seven <laughs> seconds. Um, so Lauren, uh, my friend Lauren, says legally blonde as, uh, oh, as an answer. The that is Lauren. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, I agree. I watched that movie years ago, like probably when I was like 13. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like playing on TBS one day. They always play it on TBS. Oh, yeah. It's a very, it's it's a, it's a popcorny comedy. It's like TBS's most played movie besides Mean Girls. Uh, like those two films, they fight for like the most played movie on TBS. Um, I got a couple more, but I have to go to my profile to uh oh nice because they like answered on when i shared the post yeah i wish i would have did that i reshared it so i'm taking credit for i think okay uh, your mom's posts and perhaps this one's like the most interesting one to me because there's some answers that i'm like what like uh my cousin savannah says as far as shows go i would say the office and trailer park boys which Guilty pleasure. The Office isn't really a guilty pleasure. It's kind Unless of. It's, it's one British, of the most. Is it the British one? No, I doubt it. it. Like, The Office is one of the most acclaimed TV shows, sitcoms ever. Like, people reference it all the time. It's like so universally loved. Yeah. Like, that's an interesting decision. Does that mean you're ashamed of enjoying The Office? I guess. It's, no, 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 no. This might fall under what I had talked about earlier. What's that? When you should be watching something else and oh, put on that show. Interesting. Like, I should be watching Some, Dexter. Right. And then you watch 30 minutes. You're like, you know what? Actually, that reminds me of. And then you put on The Office. And yeah, now yeah. you're watching The Office. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I need to stop watching The Fucking Office. But you're already four episodes in. And now it's the point Kevin's going to drop the chili. Yeah. And then you know the next. So you're just like, well, it's background fodder now anyways. Um. Trailer Park Boys, I can kind of see being like a guilty pleasure. I guess it's. I thought that was pretty. Acclaimed. I mean, at least in, it's when a I was it's in a college. like it's a decently received show. But I mean, yeah. I feel like there is kind of a stigma around people so who you're like going it. Off guilty because they're Trailer Park guys. Yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then she says, "My movies would probably be Super Bad, Finding Nemo, and The Breakfast Club." What's guilty? How old? How old is the person? <laughs> uh, she's uh, 19, 20, around that age. Like a uh, few years younger than me. Maybe it's because they're not movies that came out now. Breakfast Club, that's not... I mean, maybe. Don't be ashamed to be a fan of the Breakfast Club. Finding Nemo, I feel like, is one of the be- like better Pixar movies. Oh, yeah. First time I cried in theaters. It came out in like the golden age of Pixar. And yeah. uh, people love it. Yeah. Um, super bad. People like that. Um, These are nothing to be ashamed about liking. The Breakfast Club is kind of like a cult movie, isn't it? Like Don't kill anyone? No, not that cult. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> um. So yeah, some of her answers were kind of interesting because I'm like, what? Uh, what? What are you guilty about for liking? Was it these? Savannah? Yeah, Savannah. If you're listening, uh, 
come up with four more answers. <laughs> all right. And then we'll see if they're really like where, where you're at with the guilt you're feeling about watching these things. Yeah. Yeah. Where's, where's the shame? <laughs> we, we, we need to get a uh, psychoanalytic with this. There's nothing that's bad. I mean, I don't know. I, I, none, I all those movies are good movies. Uh, yeah. Like, maybe her friends, I, are, I, maybe the friends are like the, you know, you like super bad. Oh, like that is so outdated. Oh, you like the office? That's yeah. so basic. Yeah. Are you? You're such a basic bitch. I can't <laughs> believe I'm friends with you. You like the office? I only watch niche shows like Shit's Creek. Damn it. <laughs> exact one i think it's just because i'm thinking of that gal from it all right uh, yeah um and that was that was the last one um hey thanks everyone thank you guys i guess we can go over ours real quick kind of right. wrap things up yeah um my, would you recommend this recommend this one that i'm about to tell you i see that's another one too like i don't know if anyone in and that list after hearing this depends on what say, you're looking for brandon i want to does brandon listen to this I have no idea. No. If you do, Brandon, tell Kyle, see if you can recommend Annihilation to him. If not, this will just go into the void. I've seen Annihilation. Terminator. Or Terminator. Mortal Kombat? Oh, I thought Mortal you were talking Com- about. No, no, I thought you were talking no. about the Alex Garland Annihilation. No, that's not a, that's a decent movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I guess my guilty pleasure movie, uh, first thing that pops into my head is Sahara with Matthew, oh, come on! You can't. You just saw that <laughs> with uh, Matthew McConaughey. You see, you got to see okay, it more well, than once. I have seen it more than once. Really? I've, yeah, I've seen it twice, both with Gideon. No, that doesn't. I that can't count. Well, what do you mean it can't count? Just because I've seen it recently doesn't mean I can't put it as my answer. What are you looking for? Something that's been like a lifelong guilty pleasure. Of oh mine? yeah, like something that like you. All sit- right, fine. The first Transformers movie with oh. Shy the Beef. I think that out of the trilogy, excuse me. <laughs> I thought that uh, out of the the Shy the Beef trilogy, that like the, the three one, movies, that one's definitely like. I thought it was the strongest the most, one, right? Yeah, it's like, got the most like stakes, I guess, in terms of like people don't know what the Transformers are yet. Like humanity doesn't know what these things are, so there's like kind of that mystery element of like what exactly are they, and that is kind of in itself a sort of interesting part of the movie that you don't ever get in the other ones after it because they're all just kind of like schlocky michael bay explosion <laughs> orgasm blah 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 oh, they're so and um pleasuring himself to those editing bay part of the pun editing bay <laughs> eh? yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah i don't know if you want like a an actual like guilty pleasure thing that i've seen a long time ago then yeah transform well i'm just thinking like a guilt like it should be something that you've enjoyed like multiple times you know? for sure the transformers movie though. yeah because i watched it almost on a daily basis one summer oh listen, i'm not good and i've just now thought about this for the last two minutes um i can't <laughs> necessarily take sahara away from you i i i agree with all Damn that right all right i mean because i guess but you have to see it now for a third time at some point, I mean that's fine. Like, probably by yourself. By myself? Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, it's gotta be with a group. Deal breaker. See, that's where you're. I'm like guilty. Like movies that you just throw on. That you're like, man, I've had a rough day. I'm gonna throw on. Okay, so then what's your answer? Mine. Yes. I saw this movie in eighth grade. All right. <laughs> I'd classify it as a double date. Fault in our stars. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was no. That came out when I was in college. 
I thought, okay, never mind. No, that was middle school. Mm. And that was, I think, actually, that might have been sixth grade when Walk to Remember came out. I want to say it was, no, maybe not. If 2003 would have been eighth grade. No, this was like a double date. Um, very fun movie. I enjoy it. I still enjoy it. I throw it on when it pops on to like Netflix or Hulu, mm-hmm. especially like my phone. Like if it's like a, I don't know, like fifty degrees out, kind of blanket you throw on you. You know, sitting on the couch really can turn off your mind. Um, and actually, this is always the first film I think of when it comes to guilty pleasure films. Okay. All right. There's a lot of build up here. Huh? It's not. I mean, it's it's truly a guilty pleasure. I don't, and I think people <laughs> would say that it is decent, but it kind okay. of fit, fits into like that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, how to lose a guy in ten days. I have not seen that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I. I can recommend it. I definitely can. Uh, <laughs> I. I've, I've. I've never heard anyone that like talks about it. <laughs> I think it's been buried in the zeitgeist of film. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Kate Hudson, Matthew McConaughey, both very charming, very charismatic. Uh, very and, very attractive. Yeah, and it's uh, pretty much, there's it's a little bit of a dual battle going on. Okay. Uh, there's two stakes to be had, and, uh, you know, there's, there's really a, a gem to be found. So. All right. I'm telling you, I'm not going to recommend that, though. That is something that down the line recommend but like yeah that one if you ever stumble upon it man i'm telling you i'll have to give it a chance it's a charming it's a charming film all right um so i guess uh now we can get into uh the outro of this episode so um usually for the end of the episode uh we have a film pick where we uh go back and forth and alternate and one of us picks a film to watch and talk about for the next episode but this is going to be a little different in that next episode. Uh, we're going to have Gideon back on and we're going to talk about our top MCU movie lists. Oh yes. So uh, are we going to do, are we ranking all of them? All that we've seen. So what if you've seen all of them? Then yes. My list is like 20 plus. Same. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, where it's going to be kind of a similar format to how our A24 movie list episode was in that we're just going to rank each of us individually um, our best Marvel movies to our least favorite Marvel movies, and we're just going to kind of go over them and discuss them, talk about all the different MCU stories that have come out so far that we've watched, and uh, kind of give our own thoughts and compare and contrast the list sort of thing very similar to what we did in episode four yeah um so that's something to look forward to and uh it's probably going to just encompass the entire episode so the whole thing the whole wait so can i give my recommendation now to give you time or do you want to wait until we're gonna wait until next episode is Gideon getting involved with this no all right i mean uh, we can do that. We can do something uh, like that in the sorry, future. I was just curious. I don't know. You gave me a look like to hold off for a reason. I just, uh, yeah. Because you got to catch more MCUs. Well, that and like, I don't want to have you like say what your film is going to be. And then we're going to have to wait like another month to talk about. What if it gives movie? it more time to give people to, I guess it will be, will it be a month? It yeah. will be a month. Yeah. Because it's been around a month it like that, man. <laughs> it's man. been around a month before we could talk about the thing. So, uh, because the last time I saw you was like the twenty sixth of December, and that was like 
like almost four weeks ago. I guess it's been. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, whatever. I already have it down. I want to watch it again. That's only. I mean, I guess I, I own the DVD, so I can watch it whenever I want. It's going to okay. be fantastic. Well, we'll save it for the end of next episode. Chamber it. Chamber it. As the stunt director said to the director of My Own Otis. Mm. Wow. Um, <laughs> Did that just come out of my mouth? <laughs> I guess so. Uh, yeah. At, uh, an ongoing debate Dude, my between own us. could have been a guilty and pleasure, too. Guilty in that you felt guilty for all the animals that died? I'll, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> 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 all right. <laughs> I don't even feel more guilt. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody. You can find us on YouTube and Spotify. You look up the Neon Crew Podcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and we also have a website, www.neonCrewPodcast.com neoncrewpodcast.com yeah uh merch coming soon now that i am free of the covid disease i can finally go out and about and sort of coordinate things with lauren get some merch uh ready for the site and hopefully we'll have some sick drip for you to uh represent you know to your to your local church your local pastor when you go into service and thc bro he's he goes and he asks you like what does WWTHD stand for? And you can look him in the eye and you can tell him with the utmost confidence and swagger, what would Tom Hardy do? Bye. Bye, y'all. <laughs>